ओम ज्ञान तिमीरांधस ज्ञानांजन शलाखया चक्षुन्मील तस्म श्रीगुरव नम श्रीचैतन्यमनोभीष्ट स्थापित येन भूतले स्वयं रूप कदा मह्यम ददास्तिपदाकुण धर्मसंस्थापकोकाणो त्रिभुवने मनौशरण्याको राधाकृष्णपदारविंद भजना नंदे नमतालिको वंदे रूपसनाथनौ रघुयुग श्रीजीवगोपालको वंदेहम श्रीगुरोपदकमल श्रीगुरोन्वैष्णवाश्चा साग्रजात सह गणरघुनाथन्वितम तम सजीव साइत सवधूत पिजन सहित कृष्णचैतन्यदेव श्रीराधाकृष्णपादान सह गणलिता श्री विशाखान्विता हे कृष्णकुणा सिंधो दीनबंधो जगत्पते गोपेश गोपिकाधाकांतनमोस्तुते तप्तकांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदवनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरिप्रिए वाछाकलतरुभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतिताेभ्यो वैष्णवभ्यो नमो नम नमो ओं विष्णुपदाय कृष्ण प्रेष्ठा भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति वेदस्वामीने नमस्ते सारस्वते देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषून्यवादी पाश्चातेशिणे जय श्रीकृष्णचैतन्य प्रभु निनंदीअदाधर श्रीवासादिगौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे Welcome to episode seven of the Nectar of Instruction series, and today's topic is the sixth verse of Sri Upadeshamrita by Sri Rupa Goswami. So we will chant the verse, but we will chant the word to word first. So please repeat after me. Drishtai. स्वभावजनित वपुश चोषाई न प्राकृत इह भक्तजन से पश्येत गंगा अंभसा न खलु 
बुद्बुद फेन पंक ब्रह्म द्रव अपगछति नीर धर्म दृष्ट स्वभावजनित so you repeat uh, we will break each line into two parts and then we will chant together so repeat after me drishtai swabhava janitair vapushascha doshair na prakritatvam iha bhakta janasya pashyet गंगा खलु बुद्बुदेन पंक ब्रह्मद्रवत्वपगछति नीरधर्म दृष्ट स्वभावजनितपुशर् न प्राकृतत्वमिह भक्तजनस्य पश्येत गंगांभसां न खलु बुद्बुदफेन पंकैर ब्रह्मद्रवत्वमपगच्छति नीरधर्मैः so now i will chant the verse just on my own drishtaih swabhavajanitair vapushascha doshair na prakritatvamiha bhakta janasya pashyet gangambhasam na khalu budbudaphena pankair brahmadravatvam apagachati niradharmai so this same verse can be chanted in another tune drishtaih swabhavajanitair वपुश्च दोषैर्न प्राकृतमिह भक्तजन से पश्येत गंगांभसा न खलु बुद्बुदेन पंक ब्रह्मद्रवत्वपगछति नीरधर्म सो दीज टू ट्यून्स एक्चुअली मे बी देर आर मोर ट्यून्स दट दिस वर्स कैन बी चैंटेड ऑन इन बट आई नो ओनली दीज टू in fact uh, ragunath bhatt goswami one of the six goswamis he used to chant all the verses of shrimad bhagavatam 18000 verses each verse in three different tunes and everybody would come to listen to his uh, uh, chanting and narrations and descriptions of bhagavatam so every single verse he used to chant in three different tunes just imagine drishtai seen by ordinary vision स्वभावजनित बॉर्न ऑफ वन ओन नेचर वपुष ऑफ द बॉडी च एंड दोषे बाय द फॉल्ट्स न नॉट प्राकृतत्व द स्टेट ऑफ बीइंग मेटीरियल इह इन दिस वर्ल्ड भक्तजनस्य ऑफ अ प्योर डिवोटी पश्येत वन शुड सी गंगा अंभसाम ऑफ द गैंजिस वाटर न not khalu 
certainly budbuda phena pankai by bubbles foam and mud brahmadravatvam the transcendental nature apagachhati is spoiled niradharmai the characteristics of water translation and purport by divine grace ac bhakti vedanta swami shri prabhupad ki jai i hope you can see that text size and before we go further we will check audio levels if everything is okay everyone is able to hear this is a very important uh, session today we will learn a lot so please stay tuned all right everything looks okay translation being situated in his original krishna conscious position a pure devotee does not identify with the body such a devotee should not be seen from a materialistic point of view indeed one should overlook a devotee's having a body born in a low family a body with a bad complexion a deformed body or a diseased or infirm body according to ordinary vision such imperfections may seem prominent in the body of a pure devotee but despite such seeming defects the body of a pure devotee cannot be polluted it is exactly like the waters of the ganges which sometimes during the rainy seasons are full of bubbles foam and mud the ganges waters do not become polluted those who are advanced in spiritual understanding will bathe in the ganges without considering the condition of the water so again we will map the sanskrit to the english drishtaihi swabhava janitair vapushascha doshair so now drishtaihi is one word having seen um or seen by ordinary vision so what is seen the subject matter that is seen is this the illusory subject matter swabhava janitair vapushascha doshair vapushaha means body vapushaha means the body cha doshair doshair means faults faults of the body now the body may not be perfectly formed or whatever it may be infirm body swabhava janitair by its born of its own nature if the body is is like that of who bhakta janasya of devotees if a devotee has a body which is not perfectly formed or something like that or born in a low family so vapushascha doshair the faults of the body what are the faults of the body it's not beautiful or it is not born in a good family or uh, it is deformed you know or it is invalid due to old age you know these things or it may be diseased so these are the faults of the body so nobody wants to go near such a person usually materially speaking we we fear such person uh, here it is said swabhava janitair vapushascha doshair na prakritatvamiha bhakta janasya pashyet so drishtaihi when we see such faults in the body drishtaihi swabhava janitair janitair means born of born of swabhava means out of its own accord you know um drishtai swabhava janitair vapushascha dosha when there are the faults in the body na prakritatvam we cannot have um prakriti means material nature so the state of being material you see prakritatvam 
Naprakritatvam iha means in this world. Bhakta janasya pashyat. We should not see it in the material way when we see any faults in the body of the devotee. Hmm. Then the example is given. How? Gangam bhasam. Ganga. Ganga means the river Ganga, which is the pure which is a pure river, which is coming from the lotus feet of the Lord. Nakhalu, at any time, not at any time, in whichever season, you see, or khalu, certainly, certainly not. Ambhasam means the water. Ganga Ambhasam, Ambhasam means water. Nakhalu, at any time, we should not. What is that? Budbuda phena pankair. Budbuda means budbuda. Bubbles, Budbuda, Pena, foam, you know, foam. Sometimes on the ocean when you know when the waves, you know, crash, then there is foam. You see, uh, so sometimes, so foam, especially when it is on the river, especially in the rainy season, it is not considered clean. You know, it is carrying dust and mud from everywhere. And pankair means mud. Pankair means mud. So the lotus is called pankaja. Panka means mud. Mud means not just. You know, mud means soft and watery and thick mud. So, when you put your shoes inside, you become stuck and, you know, it's all brown. So, pankaja, ja means born, born of. Panka means mud. The, the lotus flower is called pankaja because it is born from the mud. Because underwater, there is, it's the, the land is all wet. And from that, it is growing. Pankaja. So, pankair means that mud. So, there will be a lot of mud because it'll, the rivers will swell in rainy season. And then, you know, all the mud from everywhere, it's, it's uh, you know, all kinds of things. Sometimes dead bodies are going in the river, Ganga river, you know, it's like that. Sometimes animals' dead bodies or human dead bodies, it can be anything. Budbuda, there will be so many bubbles. Usually, bubbles, bubbled water is considered not uh, it's sinful. It's not to be, it's not unfit for uh, using or for drinking or using. Uh, actually, that is stated in the Bhagavatam. Maybe somebody can help take that out. Um, there is a story where Indra transferred the, his sin to four. So, one of them was a woman because of which she will have the periods, monthly cycles. And then the water which is um, having bubbles. And then the desert where there is no... The, I think the, the sin of Brahmana, one who is afflicted with the sin of Brahmana, he will be born in the desert. So, the desert and the, the bubble water, the, the monthly cycles of the woman, all these things, Indra distributed the, the sin into these four, uh, four, I think, four things. The fourth one, I don't remember quite well. So, this, this incident is there in the Srimad Bhagavatam. So, Buddha, Buddha the bubbles, if it's just like a clean water. If there are bubbles inside the water, who would want to drink? Correct? If something is wrong with the water, bubble, I mean, it should just be clear, right? So, even if in Ganga, these things are found in Ganga river, Budbuda, Phena, Pankair, foam, bubbles and uh, what is that? Mud. It's all dirty. Brown water or something. Brahmadravatvam. You see, Brahma means spiritual. The transcendental nature. Apagachati is spoiled. See, Na, Na Khalu means not certainly, certainly not. That means, na khalu apagachati. Certainly not spoiled. Gangam bhasam na khalu 
बुद्बुद फेन फेन पंकायर ब्रह्म द्रवत्वम अपगच्छति इट इज नेवर स्पॉइल्ड द द द स्पिरिचुअल नेचर ऑफ गंगा वाटर डज नॉट चेंज विद ऑल दिस प्रेजेंस ऑफ फोम मड एंड ऑल दैट नीरधर्मय द कैरेक्टरिस्टिक्स ऑफ द वाटर द गंगाम्भसाम द वाटर ऑफ द गंगा सिमिलरली द स्पिरिचुअल क्वालिटी ऑफ द डिवोटी इज नेवर डिमिनिश्ड बाय द सीमिंग फॉल्ट्स इन द बॉडी ऑफ अ डिवोटी सो दिस इज वेरी नाइस सो इन दिस इज वेरी नाइस इंस्ट्रक्शन एक्चुअली एंड देर आर सो मेनी पैस टाइम्स रिलेटेड टू दिस दिस अंडरस्टैंडिंग सो वी विल गो थ्रू ऑल दैट बट वी विल फर्स्ट रीड द पर्पोर्ट सो दृष्टाइटेड इन इज ओरिजिनल कृष्णा कॉन्शियसनेस conscious position a pure devotee does not identify with the body it's not exactly stated in the in the uh, verse but bhakta janasya means bhakta jana means he is automatically expected to understand that he is not the body and he is a servant of krishna so when one is actually serving krishna so it is deemed that he is understood he has understood the the spiritual signs well because bhakti vedanta the end of knowledge is to engage in krishna's service so the so veda veda has all this knowledge of difference between body and soul and then the soul is eternal occupation is to uh, serve krishna so a bhakta jana when we say bhakta jana it is automatically understood a vaishnava is automatically a brahman brahma janati ti brahmana the brahmana is a person who knows spiritual signs who can distinguish between spirit and matter body and soul and in the and the controller of both which is the supreme lord so brahma janati ti brahmana so a brahmana can also be just in the brahman level brahmeti paramatmeti bhagavanati shabdate three stages of understanding the absolute truth so the brahmana can be either in brahman level or paramatma level or bhagavan level but the brahmana he is in the bhagavan level who not bhagavan level means he is he is not bhagavan he understands his state of realization is at the bhagavan level that means he understands the personal personal feature of the lord that's why prabhupad translated bhagwan as the supreme personality of god he he stressed the word personality he is supreme and he is not an ordinary person he is supreme and he is a person and he is god head there may be many gods but he is the head of all gods so god head so supreme personality of god head so who has understood bhagwan uh, he is a vaishnava and not only he understands his his bhagwan okay now he is bhagwan and i am his das jivar swarup hoy krishna nirnitya das and therefore he is engaged in bhakti yoga bhakti which is devotion and such a person who is engaged in that way is called a bhakta so bhakta janasya pashe when we say bhakta jana he is already understood being situated in his original krishna conscious position a pure devotee does not identify with the body such a devotee should not be seen from a materialistic point of view trishtai na prakritatvam so such a devotee should not be seen from a materialistic point of view is here seen is drishtai na prakritatvam iha bhakta janasya pashyet these things have been described but this has not been described yet swabhava janitair vapushascha doshair see drishtai so a devotee is bhakta jana he is out of bodily concept and his body should not be considered as material now indeed one should overlook no overlook this overlook is na pashyet this one na 
Prakritatvam Pashyet. One should overlook. Pashyet means to see. Na means no, not. To, we should not see. Prakritatvam in a materialistic way. So, indeed one should overlook a devotee is having a body born in a low... Now here, have a, having a body born in a low family, a body with a bad complexion, a deformed body or a diseased or infirmed body. These... is vapushascha doshair swabhava janitair vapushascha doshair this is described here you see sometimes therefore the order may not be exactly in the way the verse is just like in um, I'll give you a very simple example this, because this is Sanskrit and we are dealing with English and sometimes the arrangement of words is different like for example um, Okay. In English, we say sit on the chair. Sit on the chair. But if in Indian language, those who know Indian, maybe maybe in other languages also, I don't know. But in Indian languages, it is always, so the, the word sit comes first, then sit on the chair. The chair comes last. But in Indian languages, it comes um, chair, on top, sit. That's why the Bengali devotees sometimes hear, because they come from Bangladesh, they, when they speak English, they speak exactly literally in, in their order, in Bengali order. So, chair on top, sit. They well, very fluently, they speak like this. So, chair on top, sit. So, because that's the way, that's the order in which the words come in Indian languages. And even in Chinese, it comes like that. Like, um, what is a good example? Many examples like this. You, you already get the point. So, the order may not be same. Hmm? So, sometimes it is in, in the opposite way. So, so the, why I am telling you this? Because we read the word to word meanings fine. But then with the English translation, we have to map it. Each part, which phrase is meaning which, it maps to which part of the verse. So, that it makes more sense, you know. Then, according to ordinary vision, such imperfections may seem prominent in the body of a devotee. Um, according to ordinary vision, this is actually drishtai. Um, according to ordinary vision, drishtai. See the here, drishtai, seen by ordinary vision, the first verse. So, in the beginning, it was just naprakritattva meha bhakta jana This is This was mentioned first. And then, this was mentioned first. No, second, then now drishtai, from ordinary vision, they may be appearing as faults. According to ordinary vision, such imperfections may seem prominent in the body of a devo pure devotee, but despite such seeming defects, the body of a pure devotee cannot be polluted. Na prakritatvam. It is exactly, now it is a, now we are going to the third line. It is exactly like the waters of the Ganges. So, Waters of the Ganges, Gangam Bhasam, Gangam Bhasam, see, of the Ganges waters. Hmm? It is exactly like the waters of the Ganges, which sometimes during the rainy season are full of bubbles, foam and mud. This is Budbuda Phena Pankai. So, Budbuda is bubbles and Phena is foam and Pankai is mud. The Ganges waters do not become polluted 
गंगाभसम न खलु बुद्बुद फेन पंकैर अपगछति अपगछति मीन्स बिकम पोल्यूटेड सो डू नॉट बिकम पोल्यूटेड न न खलु सो यू सी डू नॉट बिकम अपगछति इज पॉइल्ड और पोल्यूटेड इज नॉट न खलु अपगछति यू सी द वर्ड्स इट्स नॉट इन ऑर्डर यू सी न खलु हियर एंड अपगछति दिस इज बोथ एक्सप्लेन हियर these two phrases whereas gangam basam and budbuda phena pankayar were taken together and nakhalu and apagachiti apagachiti are taken together in sanskrit you can put the word order in any way actually that's the beauty of sanskrit grammar it doesn't change the meaning hmm. so according to the poetic arrangement the the verse they will the the expert you know acharyas and poet they they can place accordingly hmm. those who are advanced in spiritual understanding will bathe in the ganges without considering the condition of the water so spiritual understanding brahmadravatvam the transcendental nature of the ganga is not spoiled uh, and those who understand this truth about ganga they will take bath in ganga so therefore you see in kumbh mela or in uh, or in other times when ganga snan or ganga puja so many thousands and millions of people take bath they don't consider oh he is taking bath i i will go somewhere else no there no such thing the ganga the ganga cannot be polluted hmm. <coughs> so in this way that doesn't mean oh ganga cannot be polluted so send all the industrial waste that's what they did to yamuna they sent all the industrial waste into the yamuna river so that is offending the river but the spiritual characteristics of the river don't change even then but this is a way in which in kaliyuga the holy places become covered they cover themselves from the sinful people of the world so that people don't come there oh because it is uh, a dirty place i will not go so because actually there was a nice uh, conversation krishna and ganga so i think this is in the brahma vaivarta puran so krishna said you know uh, that because um, so many people will wash off their sins in ganga so ganga said what should i do with all those sins which i have accumulated from all these people so it is said that when devotees come and take bath i think there is a verse also in shrimad bhagavatam like that maybe if somebody can find they can, they can put in the comments we can see them later so when the devotee when the pure devotee comes and takes bath in the river he takes away all those karma which have been accumulated there because of the bathing of the devotees there or the sinful people there sinful people come and bathe in the ganga and apart from the materialistic budbuda phena pankai all the bubbles form in mud there is also the sinful reactions that are being left off at ganga river by sinful people coming and bathing there so ganga asked krishna where you know where what what will happen because i will be afflicted with all this then when the pure devotees come they will take away all those sins from you so pure devotees are so powerful they can no purify even a holy place tirthi bhuta swayam vibho tirtha bhuta swayam vibho tirthi kurvanti tirthani they will even make you know holy places more uh, this is explained in them they will oh, one second this is the beauty of uh, devotees bhavad vidha bhagavata i think 113 10 i think 
भगवद्विधा भागवतास्तीर्थूता स्वयं विभो तीर्थी कुर्वन्ति तीर्थानी स्वांतस्थेन गदाभृता My Lord, devotees like your good self are verily holy places personified. See, devotees like your good self. This is Yudhishthir Maharaj telling, uh, speaking to Vidura Mahatma. So, devotees like your good self are verily holy places personified. Because you carry the personality of Godhead within your heart, you turn all places into places of pilgrimage. So, and then they, even uh, holy places also they can purify. So, anyway, so those who are advanced in spiritual understanding will bathe in the Ganga without considering the condition of the water. They will bathe. They know Ganga cannot be spiritually contaminated. So, similarly, we should understand that the devotee is never contaminated by his so-called outward bodily condition. We are talking about a pure devotee. So, of course, even ordinary devotees also, we cannot see, oh, he is, you know, uh, bad complexion. No, we should, that's why, Jati Buddhir, Vaishnava Jati Buddhir. Anyway, we will go through all those points now. Purport. Okay, before we go, I think we will see this verse. अर्चे विष्णौ शिलाधि गुरुशुनरमतिर्वैष्णवे जाति बुद्धिर विष्णोर्वा वैष्णवानम् कलिमलमथने पादतीर्थेम्बु बुद्धि This is also very important. Today's verse has that also. श्री विष्णोर नामनि मंत्रम् सकलकलुषहे शब्दक्षामान्य बुद्धिर विष्णो सर्वेश्वरेशे तदितरसमधिर यस्यवानारकीसह So, what is it meant here? One who thinks the deity to be ordinary stone or the guru to be an ordinary man or the Vaishnava to be coming from some jati, some caste oh, this is Shudra Vaishnava, this is Brahman Vaishnava, this is better no, and so Vaishnava Jati Buddhir, or this is um, American Vaishnava, they are not so bona fide, you know, they have been, they ate meat before, so they are not bona fide. The Indian Brahmin Vaishnava, this is very pure. No, Vaishnava means already he has gone above the defects. So Vaishnava Jati Buddhir, if we see that this is Jati Buddhi, uh, Vaishnava according to caste, according to birth, that is uh, offense. And Vishnorva Vaishnavanam Vaishnavanam Kalimalamathane Padatirthembu Buddhi. One who thinks Ganga water or Charanamrita to be ordinary water. You see, this is again offense. Not just offense, he is Naraki Saha. In the last line, you will see, he is a resident of hell who thinks all these things that a deity is just ordinary stone, and then Guru is an ordinary man, and Vaishnava is coming from some caste or some bodily, bodily conception of Vaishnava. And then Vishnorva Vaishnavanam Kalimalamathane, the, the water that has washed the feet of the Lord or the feet of the pure devotees and even Ganga which is water from the feet of the Lord also. To be ordinary water, Padatirthembu Buddhi, Kalimalamathane. Uh, it can purify, you know, all the 
uh, impurities but we think if it is ordinary water then that is an offense shri vishnor namni mantre sakalakalushahe shabda samanya buddhi uh, if we think that the holy name of krishna is an ordinary vibration sound vibration it is not really you know the it's not so pure nothing nothing so special about holy name if we think like this it is just a, just as ordinary sound then there is an offense vishnau sarveshwareshe taditara samadhir itara itara samadhir means if we think the vishnau vishnu who is sarveshwareshe he is the lord of all lords ishvara paramah krishna and if we think that he is equal tad itara samadhir if we think if we think he is equal to even such exalted demigods as brahma and shiva or to speak of ordinary people if we equate him even to brahma and shiva yasyava naraki sah naraka means hell naraki means one who is a resident of hell so these you see who thinks charanamrita or ganga water as ordinary water is taken to be resident of hell this padma puran who thinks vaishnava is in the achyuta gotra to be belong to a certain caste or creed or who thinks so in this way so this is this is all offensive mentality shuddha bhakti in so purport shuddha bhakti the activity of the soul proper that means pure devotion shuddha means pure and bhakti means devotion devotional service pure devotional service shuddha bhakti the activity of the soul proper in other words engagement in the transcendental loving service of the lord is performed in a liberated condition in bhagavad gita chapter 14 text 26 it is stated mam cha yogya bhicharena bhakti yogena sevate sagunan samatityaitan brahma bhuya yakalpate one who engages in full devotional service who does not fall down in any circumstance at once transcends the modes of material nature and thus comes to the level of brahman avyabhicharini bhakti means unalloyed devotion a person engaged in devotional service must be freed from material motives avyabhicharini bhakti see one who does not fall down in any circumstance always engaged in devotional service he can transcend the material modes avyabhicharini bhakti means unalloyed devotion alloy what is an alloy what is always we word hear this word unalloyed devotion some devotees may not know why why on what unalloy so we have to understand what is alloy what is an alloy alloy is a mixture of two metals that's an alloy so when it's mixed devotion it is called alloy devotion mishra bhakti karma mishra bhakti gyana mishra bhakti that means it is not pure devotional service there are other desires i want to rid myself of my sins or i want to you know achieve better sense gratification or better material position i so that i won't be having any curse something like that therefore i do some bhakti so that i won't be cursed i i will be blessed so that my family will family will be happy like that or i may get my job or i get my promotion or i may get my business successful this kind of desires and for that reason they come to devotion so these are all karma mishra bhakti gyana mishra bhakti gyana mishra means one who comes to krishna to understand things they read bhagavad gita to speculate to to you know Uh, have no they are not interested in krishna actually they interested in some kind of knowledge and you know something they want to speculate in this way they want to use this scripture for that kind of thing so these are all alloyed devotion they are not pure devotion just the desire to satisfy krishna that is not there yet so but avyabhicharini bhakti means unalloyed devotion there is no mixture is pure devotion 
A person engaged in devotional service must be free from material motives. In this Krishna consciousness movement, one's consciousness must be changed. If consciousness is aimed toward material enjoyment, it is material consciousness. And if it is aimed toward serving Krishna, it is Krishna consciousness. A surrendered soul serves Krishna without material considerations. Anyabhilashita shunyam bhaktirasamrata sandhu Jnana karmadya navritam Unalloyed devotional service which is transcendental to the activities of the body and mind such as jnana, mental speculation and karma, fruitive work is called pure bhakti yoga. It means when we are not interested in anything else but to serve Krishna. Anyabhilashita shunyam All other desires zero. Jnana karmadya navritam It is uncovered or un, no filter unfiltered devotional service. No desire for fruitive work or mental speculation. So, Bhakti Yoga is the proper activity of the soul and when one actually engages in an unalloyed, uncontaminated devotional service, he is already liberated. Sagunan Samati Tyaitan. So, he is called Jeevan Mukta. You know, there is a verse like that. Ihayasa Harerda Siyem. So, even though the person may be in this material world, if he is engaged in Krishna's service, he is liberated already. So, this is explained. What is the source? Bhaktira Samrita Sandhu, Rupa Goswami also. See? 1.2.187 Iha yasyahar erdase karmana manasa gira Gira. This was the verse I was trying to remember yesterday. Giritam krishneti yasya giritam manasadriyata. Giri. Here it is gira. So, this is Gira means words. Karmana manasagira. Ihayasya har erdasya karmana manasagira. Nikhilasvapya vasthasu jivan muktaha sa uchyate. Jivan muktaha. Although he is living, he is already liberated. So, what is the meaning? A person acting in Krishna consciousness, or in other words, in the service of Krishna, with his body, mind, intelligence and words, is a liberated person even within the material world, although he may be engaged in many so-called material activities. So, the example is given of a coconut. When the coconut is, you know, when it is very mature, I mean, when the, it is old enough, the usually, the coconut, if you see how it is, there is a shell and inside there is flesh of the coconut. And that flesh is attached to the shell. But when it is dry completely, then inside, the coconut is not open yet, but inside, the shell detaches itself from the, I mean, the, the flesh becomes hardened and it detaches itself from the shell. <clears throat> At that time, if you do that, it will hit inside. So, it is unattached to the shell. So, that is the comparison is the, that is given of a person who is although situated within, that, that flesh is situated within the shell, but it is still not attached to the shell. You see that? So, that is how a pure devotee is. He, Although he may be within the body, that is called the Jivan Mukta position. So, although he may be within the body, he is not, he is liberated, Jivan Mukta, because he is not, he is not attached to the body. He is attached to service of Krishna. So, that is the example that is given. So, going back, hmm? <clears throat> so, when one actually engages in unalloyed, uncontaminated devotional service, he is already liberated. Krishna's devotee is not subjected to material condition, even though his bodily features may appear materially conditioned. One should therefore not see a pure devotee from a materialistic point of view. 
unless one is actually a devotee, he cannot see another devotee perfectly. This is a fact. Only a devotee can identify another devotee. Hmm. That example is given in the seventh canto where Prahlad Maharaj, as he was going, he stopped by and saw a man who is, uh, who looked completely bereft of any intelligence, bereft of anything and he was lying in his own stool and he was a bit fatty also. He was, he was naked, he was lying in his own stool. Anybody would take him for a mentally, mentally retarded man and people were even spitting on him, sometimes passing, urinating on him, everything. But when Prahlad Maharaj came and saw him, he knew immediately he was a, he was a pure devotee. He was a highly self-realized soul. How did he know? Because a pure devotee can know another pure devotee. That's why when somebody asked Prabhupada, uh, uh, what is, how, how glorious, what is, uh, what is Tulasi Devi's position? Then he said, first of all, you become devotee, then you will, then you can see another, then you can know her glories. You first become devotee properly. So, the thing is this, unless one is a proper, pure devotee, he cannot identify another pure devotee. We are not capable. That's because, Vaishnavir Kriya Mudra Vigyahana Bujhai, even the most intelligent man cannot understand the plans and activities of a Vaishnava. Uh, therefore, we can, especially, okay, some, for example, in Srila Prabhupada's case, reasonably, one can understand, one cannot really understand Prabhupada's real position, but we can reasonably understand that he is a pure soul. But sometimes, devotees behave in a way which is completely ununderstandable by common man. Like, if you see the activities of great devotees like Vamsidas Babaji or um, Gaurgishwar Das Babaji, Gaurgishwar Das Babaji, you know what he used to do? He used to chant in the toilet, public toilet. Usually we are not supposed to take our beads, and all, but he used to chant there. Because in, he, he said, nobody will disturb me here. Nobody will come to this place. And, because everybody used to come to him and ask for blessings. You know, Everybody knows he is a sadhu and all. So, Indian sadhu, you know, common people will see sadhu not for some spiritual benefit usually. They will come to see, get some blessings, you know, so that my family will be, you know, happy. Sukh parivar, you know, some... Uh, nonsense desires. They come with these things. They don't come for uh, spiritual, what is that? Spiritual understanding. So, therefore, he, he was not interested in even seeing these people. These are useless people. They are not interested in anything, um, real real thing. So, he used to hide himself. And also, he used to do another thing. He used to, you know, uh, but I have not read this, but I have heard from devotees. So, he used to eat from the skull, human skull. So, there are some, even Vamsitas Babaji, because he wanted to always remind himself that, oh, I should not eat very opulent because in the end I will become like this skull. You know, this, this body is going to be just like a, it will be just a skull like that, like bones. So I should not be too much gratifying this body. So always to remind himself, he used to eat in an open skull that was plate. So, but this I haven't seen in the exact biography, but this is what devotees also told. So, they do things like this and sometimes he used to get you know, angry with the Lord and you know, um, his deities, he, he, he had Nitya Goranga deities and he would feed only Nityananda, he would not feed Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. You know, these things we cannot understand, we, we cannot even, that's why for one, one time what happened, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he advised his devotees not to go and see Vamsidas Babaji. He advised them don't go and see Vamsidas Babaji. Why? Not because he was an offender or you know, he is not a proper devotee, no. 
because Bhakti Siddhan Saraswati Thakur knew that his neophyte disciples cannot understand the greatness and he, they would offend him. Because his activities were so unintelligible sometimes, how can a devotee do these things? You know, nobody can understand why he would do these things. So, that is, he was in his own mood, un, uh, callous to the whole material world, external world. And just like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he behaved like a madman. But when other people came, he behaved himself differently. He came to his external consciousness. and But when he was with his very intimate uh, associates, he used to speak like a madman. Ordinary people wouldn't understand. So, Prahlad Maharaj, when he saw this man, he immediately understood. He spotted him. He is a pure devotee. Because he himself is a pure devotee. Prahlad Maharaj. So, a pure, it takes a pure devotee to see another pure devotee. Hmm. Sometimes we cannot see, we cannot understand. One should therefore not see a pure devotee from a materialistic point of view. Unless one is actually a devotee, he cannot see another devotee perfectly. As explained in the previous verse, there are three types of devotees. Kanishthadikari, Madhyamadikari and Uttamadikari. We have already read that. Third class, second class, first class devotees. The Kanishtha Adhikari cannot distinguish between a devotee and non-devotee. This is another big problem of a Kanishtha Adhikari. He cannot distinguish between devotee and non-devotee. He is simply concerned with worshipping the deity in the temple. A Madhima Adhikari, however, can distinguish between the devotee and non-devotee as well as between the devotee and the Lord. Thus, he treats the Supreme Lord, the devotee and the non-devotee in different ways. No one should criticize the bodily defects of a pure devotee. If there are such defects, they should be overlooked. What should be taken into account is the spiritual master's main business, which is devotional service, pure service to the Supreme Lord. <coughs> That's why Arjuna asked, Sita Pragnasya Kabhasha, Samadhisthasya Keshavam, Sthitadhir Kim Prabhasheta, Kim Asita Vrajeta Kim. What is the activity? What he does? So, that's what he wants. Especially in the purport, Sri Prabhupada mentions, especially we should be more concerned about what he speaks. That is the first thing you should note in a person. Because a fool is not known until he opens his mouth and a saint is also not known until he opens his mouth. He can, you know, wear nice dress and everything. Once he starts speaking, then you know what he is. Then you know what is in his mind, what is in his... Because the words, words that come out of the person, it, it reflects a lot about what he is made of. So, spirit, that's why Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, don't try to see a sadhu. Don't try to see a sadhu. Hear him. Because seeing sadhu is very easy to be fooled. Somebody, anybody can wear a beard, you know, can grow a beard, can put one mala, saffron color cloth, and put one turban on the head or not or some matted locks or something and you can easily pass off as a sadhu and people will just fall at his feet and you know everything can happen easy some, that's why some, sometimes you know sadhus they don't even speak much some, some are there like that they just hug they don't speak uh, because if they speak people will understand what they are made of so we must know how to distinguish what is a sadhu, what is a not sadhu. We should know. A devotee who is experienced, at least a madhyamadhikari also can distinguish. Oh, here is a greatly. Uh, and even he also cannot sometimes uh, see a pure devotee. If, if, you know, those who are, who doesn't have the access to that kind of understanding, that kind of, he cannot understand. 
ఓన్లీ ప్యూర్ డివోటీ కెన్ అండర్స్టాండ్ అనదర్ ప్యూర్ డివోటీ మధ్యమ అధికారి టు అన్ ఎక్స్టెంట్ హీ కెన్ అండర్స్టాండ్ కనిష్ఠ అధికారి హీఈస్ ఇన్ అ వెరీ ప్రికేరియస్ పొజిషన్ ఈ సమ్ టైమ్స్ కెన్ నాట్ డిస్టింగ్విష్ బిట్వీన్ అ డివోటీ అండ్ అ నాన్ డివోటీ దేర్ ఫోర్ ఈ డీల్స్ విత్ ఎవ్రీబడీ నాట్ ఇన్ ద ప్రాపర్ వే సో దేర్ ఇస్ అ వర్స్ విచ్ ఐ వాంటెడ్ టు షో బిఫోర్ వీ ప్రొసీడ్ ఫర్దర్ సో ఇన్ ద సెవెంత్ కంటో ఫిఫ్టీన్ చాప్టర్ ట్వంటీ సిక్స్త్ వర్స్ యస్సాక్షాద్భగవతి జ్ఞానదీపప్రదే గురవ్ మర్త్యాసీ శ్రుతం తర్వం కుంజర శౌచవత్ ద స్పిరిచువల్ మాస్టర్ షుడ్ బి కన్సిడర్డ్ టు బి డైరెక్ట్లీ ద సుప్రీం లాడ్ బికాస్ హీ గివ్స్ ట్రాన్స్డెంటల్ నాలెడ్జ్ ఫర్ ఎన్లైటన్మెంట్ కాన్సిక్వెంట్లీ ఫర్ వన్ హూ మెయింటైన్స్ ద మెటీరియల్ కాన్సెప్షన్ దట్ ద స్పిరిచువల్ మాస్టర్ ఇస్ అన్ ఆర్డినరీ హ్యూమన్ బీయింగ్ everything is frustrated his enlightenment and his vedic studies and knowledge are like the bathing of an elephant the elephant simply bathes in the river and then comes and put all the dust on its own body useless bath elephant's bath so manye sarvam kunjara shauchavat elephant's bathing gajasnanam so these things are there and of course um, the other verse is also there what is that i think 11 17 27 similar verse acharyam mam vijaniyan navam anyeta karhichit namartya buddhya suyeta martya means this material the other verse also just now had martya martya sadhir shrutam tasya sarvam kunjara shauchavat namartya buddhya namartya buddhya suyeta sarvadeva mayo guru one should know krishna is speaking this one should know the acharya as myself and never disrespect him in any way one should not envy him thinking him an ordinary man for he is a representative of all the demigods so you should always remember these things then what should be taken no one should criticize the bodily defects of a pure devotee if there are such defects they should be overlooked what should be taken into account is the spiritual master's main business which is devotional service pure service to the supreme lord as stated in bhagavad gita chapter 9 text 30 api chetsu duracharo bhajate mamananya bhak sadhureva samantavya samyak vyavasito hi sah even if a devotee sometimes seems to engage in abominable activities he should be considered a sadhu a saintly person because his actual identity is that of one engaged in the loving service of the lord in other words he is not to be considered an, an ordinary human being so even a devotee uh, who is you know who has taken devotional service but who has accidentally maybe committed something who has done some you know abominable activity still he should be regarded as better than those materialists who are so called you know not, not acting in that abominable way because he is bhajate mam ananya bhak he is always worshiping the lord so eventually that contamination will be taken away from him Unfortunately, some of the Iskand Gurus are taking shelter of these kinds of explanations and saying that, oh, even though he has fallen down and everything, you should still consider him a saint and you should not see the faults and you should consider him a pure devotee. This is for pure devotee. A pure devotee, yes, when a person has com- completely, deliberately rejected the order of the spiritual master and fallen down so badly, there is no excuse like this. That's why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not give a chance. Chota Haridas... just saw a woman for a few seconds and that's it a glance only he gave that's it he rejected him he was a chota haridas was sanyasi and chaitanya mahaprabhu rejected him because of this one small fault 
So, we should know from that that we cannot take advantage. In fact, this 930, chapter 9, text 30, although this is stated in the purport, Srila Prabhupada mentions that a devotee uh, should not take advantage of this verse and commit all kinds of sinful activities. Uh, that is a big offense. But if it so happens that because of his immaturity, something he does, uh, if he is immature, how can he be a guru, first of all? So, it is not. Uh, so, if he is immature and he does something abominable seemingly, so he should be excused and given the, he should be seen as a devotee still because he is trying his best to uh, change himself. But if somebody is hopelessly just like not even caring for any instruction and then engaged in sense gratification and uh, sinful activity, then of course there has to be chastisement. <clears throat> even though a pure devotee may not be born in a Brahmana or Goswami family, if he is engaged in the service of the Lord, he should not be neglected. Hmm. This is very important. He, a, a guru does not come from a Brahmin family or a Goswami family. That is not anywhere stated in the Shastra. In actuality, there cannot be a family of Goswamis based on material considerations of caste and or hereditary or heredity. The Goswami title is actually the monopoly of the pure devotees. Thus, we speak of the six Goswamis headed by Sri Rupa Goswami and Sanatan Goswami. You know, I think there is one now a Bollywood actress who has also one uh, uh, title. I mean, the, the, her surname is Goswami. I think uh, Udi, Udita, Uditi, Udita, I think, Udita Goswami. So, she, you know, the actress and Goswami, what is this? And she was a model and everything and all kinds of, uh, I think some, definitely some bad scenes will be there in her movies. So, completely not in control of the senses. Goswami means, Go means senses, Swami means uh, master. He should actually live by the name. You know, we, you know, the first session we did on the strengthening foundations, which is the name of Srila Prabhupada. The, what is the meaning of the Prabhupada's name? The thing that makes it actually meaningful is because Prabhupada lived by that name. He lived. All the characteristics of the name he had in his person. Hmm. Sometimes it may be said that, you know, out of affection a father may call his blind son as Kamalochana. Kamalochan. Kamalochan means lotus-eyed one. But he is a blind guy. So, the name may not reflect the actual, out of affection he may call him like that. So, this is not like that. Uh, this Goswami title, these are very heavy words, these are very serious words. So, this is not a monopoly, oh, I am coming from this family and you know, that's why I am, I am a Brahmin family, I am Brahmin therefore. No, this is, these are heavy words. Brahma Janathiti Brahmana. What is the definition of Brahmana? Brahma Janathiti Brahmana. One who knows about spiritual signs perfectly. He is a Brahmana. There is no such thing as Jati Brahmana. No. Even in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna said, Chatur Varnyam Mayasrishtam Guna Karma Vibhagasaha. I have divided the human society into the four castes based on the Guna and Karma, not according to Janma. So, Yasayal Lakshanam Proktam Varna, Yasayal Lakshanam Proktam Pumso Varnabhi Vyanjakam Yad Anyatrapi Drisheta Tattenaiva Vinirdishet. Naradmuni is also saying in the 7th Kanto, 11th chapter, 35th verse of Bhagavatam that. Um, even though a person may appear in another family, but he symptom, if he shows the symptom of another caste, he should be accepted according to the symptom of qualification rather than his birth. So, a pure devotee may not be born in a Brahmana or Goswami family. If you see our Gaudiya Vaishnavas, many of them are not born in Brahmana family. The six Goswamis were, 
whereas Raghunath Das Goswami was from uh, what is this landholder they are usually called Thakurs who are considered Kshatriyas or Vaishyas and others all Brahmin family but uh, Narutam Das Thakur for example he comes from a Shudra family Narutam Das Thakur you know and Shamananda Shamananda Goswami also comes from a so called Shudra family and even there is a nice pastime how Ramanujacharya in the Sri Sampradaya took sannyas. So what happened? He was a householder and his wife was there and then he is of course from Brahmin family and his guru, he had a few gurus actually, one of the Shiksha gurus, he, he was not from a Brahmin family, he was from a Shudra family. So Ramanujacharya went out for some preaching work and all. So this man he, who was Ramanujacharya's guru came but Ramanujacharya's wife was there at home and she treated him like a shudra, ordinary shudra. Oh, you, you stay outside, I, I, I will give you. Then she, she, you know, whatever was remnants of the food that was left in the house, she just kept it outside the door and then like that. And then he took it. Then when Ramanujacharya came back and he understood this happened, you know, his wife told him that, you know, some shudra came and then who is that? Uh, then he understood, oh, he is guru. Then he got so angry with his wife. Why did you behave like this? You know, then um, anyway, he asked her, he restrained his anger, he asked her to go to her uh, uh, family's, her, her parents' uh, house because he said he has to go travelling for preaching and all, you will be alone in the house, so you better go to the, your parents' house. So she went there and he went and took sannyas and never came back, finish. That much he was angry. And of course, pure devotees take this kind of um, incidents to liberate, you know, come out of this entanglement and preach and he was preaching widely. So, that's how he took sannyas, you know. So, because she, she offended him, his guru, like from a shudra family, oh, he treated him as a shudra. So, therefore, Ramanuja Sarekar was so disgusted with, his, with her behavior, he left, completely left her, took sannyas. So, the Goswami title is actually the monopoly of the pure devotees. Thus, we speak of the six Goswamis headed by Rupa Goswami and Sanatan Goswami. Rupa Goswami and Sanatan Goswami had practically become Mohammedans, Muslims. Actually, they were from Saraswat Brahmins, very, very high class Brahmins, birthwise. But they associated with uh, Mohammedans who were meat eaters and everything. And Rupa Goswami and Sanatan Goswami had practically become Mohammedans and had therefore changed their names to Dabir Khas and Sakar Malik. You know. The Sanatana Goswami was called Dabir, Dabir Khas and uh, Rupa Goswami was called Sakar Malik. These were their Muslim names. They, they had Muslim names also. But Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself made them Goswamis. Therefore, the Goswami title is not hereditary. The word Goswami refers to one who can control his senses, who is the master of, his, of the senses. A devotee is not controlled by the senses, but he is the controller of the senses. Consequently, he should be called Swami or Goswami, even though he may not be born in a Goswami family. You know, the chapter 2, text 58. Yada samharate chayam kurmongani vasarvashaha Indriyan Indriyarthebhyas tasya pragnya pratishthita.
you see this is devotees one who is able to withdraw his senses from sense objects as the tortoise draws its limbs within the shell is firmly fixed in perfect consciousness a tortoise can manifest his legs and his head and when required he can just cover it up so similarly it is stated that a devotee he can use he can manifest their his sensory activities whenever he wants in the service of the lord and when he is not using in the service of the lord he just shuts them up he does not engage in any other way therefore he is in complete control of his senses according to this formula the goswamis who are descendant of descendants of shri nityananda prabhu and shri advaita prabhu are certainly devotees but devotees coming from other families should not be discriminated against so two things i want to say here so in shrimad bhagavatam the yadavas it is explained that the yadavas they kill themselves after you know uh, before krishna left this world his family members fought among themselves and killed each other so it's a big war that happened among themselves among their own family members because nobody else would there was there in the universe they, who could kill them so they only they themselves can kill themselves so in that way krishna arranged for their own uh deliverance but that that leela is very difficult to understand what is it called uh, uh maushana leela the iron shafts <clears throat> anyway so they kill themselves this leela is very hard to understand people get confused why krishna's family must die like that in a, such a horrible way fighting among themselves um, so there are many many reasons why that happened why krishna engineered that and one of the reasons one of the six reasons i think i think the acharyas have mentioned six or yeah, six reasons why this leela was performed and one of the reasons is that krishna wanted to establish that in the future if they say that i am coming from krishna's family therefore i am great and therefore maybe they will discriminate against the pure devotees who may not come in krishna's family so this discrimination he did not want uh, so he wanted to he did not want them to have the monopoly of the word yadavas or you know in the in, as the servants or devotees of krishna similar to the way that you know when chaitanya mahaprabhu left the the descendants of advaita acharya nityananda nityananda prabhu they considered themselves nityananda vamsha you know you know they they discriminated against other devotees uh, so oh we are coming from nityananda prabhu's family therefore we are more vaishnava than you you know so actually one time this thing happened that prabhupad went to america and preached and then he brought first time he came to india he brought some of his disciples in 1967 and then later on in 1971 also so when he came to india he went to vrindavan and uh, prabhupad was in the krishna balram mandir at the time it was just not yet done it was just a small place just a small hut like that so anyway um the devotees went to take darshan of the goswami temples all the six goswamis have built their temples in vrindavan you can go and see um so they went to these temples and i think radha raman temple so some of the american devotees were uh, you know witnessing the aarti that was the pujari was doing the aarti and the devotees were looking on and the priest saw and he was quite surprised to see a you know western man sitting standing that now it is of course a common sight there in vrindavan but at that time completely it was unheard of it was totally strange nobody knew that a western man would ever take to the devotional service of krishna 
ಸೊ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಸೊ ಹಿ ಸಾ ದಮ್ ಚಾಂಟಿಂಗ್ ಯುನೋ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಅನ್ನೋಲ್ಲ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹಿ ಸಾ ದಟ್ ದೇ ವರ್ ಲುಕಿಂಗ್ ಅಟ್ ಹಿಮ್ ಡೂಯಿಂಗ್ ದ ಆರ್ತಿ ಸೆರೆಮನಿ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ದ ಆರ್ತಿ ವಾಸ್ ಫಿನಿಷ್ ದೆನ್ ಹಿ ಟೋಲ್ ದಮ್ ಯು ನೋ ವೆನ್ ಯು ನೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ ಲೈಫ್ ವೆನ್ ಯು ಬಿಕಮ್ ಕ್ವಾಲಿಫೈಡ್ ದೆನ್ ಯು ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಡೂ ವೆನ್ ಯು ಬಿಕಮ್ ಪ್ಯೂರಿಫೈಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಇನ್ನು ನೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ ಲೈಫ್ ವೆನ್ ಯು ಟೇಕ್ ಬರ್ತ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಯು ನೋ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಅವರು ಐ ಆಮ್ ಕಮಿಂಗ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಫ್ಯಾಮಿಲಿ ಸೊ ಯು ಆರ್ ಯು ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಟೇಕ್ ಇನ್ ಬರ್ತ್ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಫ್ಯಾಮಿಲಿ ಇಫ್ ಯು ಆರ್ ಪ್ಯೂರ್ ದೆನ್ ಯು ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಡೂ ದಿಸ್ ವರ್ಷಿಪ್ ಲೈಕ್ ದಿಸ್ ಟು ದ ಲಾಡ್ ದೆನ್ ದೇ ಫೆಲ್ಟ್ ಓ ವಾವ್ ವೆರಿ ನೈಸ್ ವೆನ್ ಬ್ಯಾಕ್ ಟು ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ದೇ ಟೋಲ್ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ದಟ್ ವಿ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಸೀನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಪೂಜಾರಿ ಆಕ್ಚುಲಿ ಹಿ ಸ್ಪೋಕ್ ಟು ಅಸ್ ಹಿ ಸೈಡ್ ದಟ್ ಯು ನೋ ವೆನ್ ಹಿ ಸಾ ದಟ್ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಯು ನೋ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಕಮಿಂಗ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಅಮೆರಿಕಾ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹಿ ಸೈಡ್ ದಟ್ ಇಫ್ ವಿ ಬಿಕಮ್ ಪ್ಯೂರ್ ಬೈ ಅವರ್ ಚಾಂಟಿಂಗ್ ದೆನ್ ನೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ ಲೈಫ್ ದೇ ವಿ ವಿಲ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಅ ಚಾನ್ಸ್ ಟು ಟೇಕ್ ಬರ್ತ್ ಇನ್ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಫ್ಯಾಮಿಲಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಡೂ ಆರ್ತಿ ಲೈಕ್ ಹೀ ಇಸ್ ಡೂಯಿಂಗ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಟೆಂಪಲ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ಡಿ ನಾಟ್ ಲೈಕ್ ದಟ್ ಸ್ಟೇಟ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಅಟ್ ಆಲ್ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ಸೈಡ್ ಯು ಗೋ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಟೆಲ್ ಹಿಮ್ ದಟ್ ಇಫ್ ಹೀ ಇಸ್ ಫಾರ್ಚುನೇಟ್ ನೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ ಬರ್ತ್ ಹಿ ವಿಲ್ ಟೇಕ್ ಬರ್ತ್ ಇನ್ ಅವರ್ ಮೂವ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಆಸ್ ಅ ಪ್ರೀಚರ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಕಾನ್ಷಿಯಸ್ನೆಸ್ ಮೂವ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಸೊ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ದೇ ವಾಸ್ ಹೀ ವಾಸ್ ಸೀಂಗ್ ಯು ಆರ್ ಅಮೆರಿಕನ್ ವೈಷ್ಣವ್ ಸೊ ಯು ಆರ್ ಫಾಲೋನ್ ವೈಷ್ಣವ್ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಫ್ಯಾಮಿಲಿ ಓಕೆ ಇಫ್ ಯು ಆರ್ ಫಾರ್ಚುನೇಟ್ ಯು ವಿಲ್ ಕಮ್ ಟು ಅವರ್ ಮೈ ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡರ್ಡ್ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ಸೈಡ್ ಪ್ರೀಚರ್ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಚುಲಿ ಪ್ರೀಚರ್ ಇಸ್ ಮೋರ್ ಹೈಯರ್ ದ್ಯಾನ್ ಆ್ಯಸ್ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ಸೈಡ್ ಬೆಲ್ಲಿಂಗ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಟೆಂಪಲ್ ಪೂಜಾ ಇಸ್ ದೇರ್ ಬಟ್ ಇಫ್ ಒನ್ ಓನ್ಲಿ ಇಟ್ ಆಸ್ ಪೂಜಾ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹಿ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಅ ಗ್ರೇಟ್ ಡಿವೋಟಿ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಕನಿಷ್ಠಾಧಿಕಾರಿ ಅದ್ ಇಸ್ ಥರ್ಡ್ ಕ್ಲಾಸ್ ಡಿವೋಟಿ ಅ ಪ್ರೀಚರ್ ದೇವ್ ದ ಅಮೆರಿಕನ್ಸ್ ದೇ ವರ್ ಪ್ರೀಚಿಂಗ್ ಆಲ್ ಓವರ್ ಆಲ್ದೋ ಎಸ್ ದೇವ್ ನಾಟ್ ಬಿ ಬಾರ್ನ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಬಾಮ್ ಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮಣ್ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಫ್ಯಾಮಿಲಿ ವಾಟ್ ಎವರ್ ದೇ ಪ್ರೀಚ್ ಅಂಡ್ ದೇ ಪ್ರೀಚ್ ಟು ದ ಜಾರ್ಜ್ ಹ್ಯಾರಿಸನ್ ಅಂಡ್ ವಿತ್ ಇನ್ ಮಂತ್ಸ್ ವಿತ್ ಇನ್ ಮಂತ್ಸ್ ದ ಹೋಲಿ ನೇಮ್ ವಾಸ್ ಆಲ್ ಓವರ್ ದ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ಯುನೋ ಹಿ ವೆನ್ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ಸೆಂಡ್ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ ಡಿವೋಟೀಸ್ ಹಿ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಟ್ರೈನ್ ದಮ್ ಲಿಟ್ಲ್ ಬಿಟ್ ನೈನ್ಟೀನ್ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ಟಿ ಫೈವ್ ಹಿ ವೆನ್ ಟು ಅಮೆರಿಕಾ ನೈನ್ಟೀನ್ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ಟಿ ಸೆವೆನ್ ತ್ರೀ ಹೌಸ್ ಹೋಲ್ಡರ್ಸ್ ಕಪಲ್ಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಇವನ್ ಕಪಲ್ಸ್ ಹಸ್ಬೆಂಡ್ ವೈಫ್ ಸೊ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದಮ್ ಹಿ ಸೆಂಡ್ ದಮ್ ಟು ಲಂಡನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವಿತ್ ಇನ್ ಐ ಥಿಂಕ್ ಲೆಸ್ ದನ್ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ ಮಂತ್ಸ್ ತ್ರೀ ಮಂತ್ಸ್ ಸಮಥಿಂಗ್ ದೇ ಶೋಡ್ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ಪೇಪರ್ ಕ್ಲಿಪ್ಪಿಂಗ್ ನ್ಯೂಸ್ ಪೇಪರ್ ಕ್ಲಿಪ್ಪಿಂಗ್ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಸ್ಟಾರ್ಟಲ್ಸ್ ಲಂಡನ್ ಹೆಡಿಂಗ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಇಟ್ ಶೋಡ್ ಇಟ್ ಶೋಡ್ ದಮ್ ಟು ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ವಾಸ್ ಸೋ ಪ್ಲೀಸ್ಡ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಹೀ ಇಸ್ ಗುರು ಮಹಾರಾಜ್ ಭಕ್ತಿ ಸಿದ್ಧಾಂತ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ಠಾಕೂರ್ ಸೆಂಟ್ ಬಾನ್ ಮಹಾರಾಜ್ ಬಿಗ್ ಬಿಗ್ ಸನ್ಯಾಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಟು ಪ್ರೀಚ್ ಇನ್ ಲಂಡನ್ ಫೇಲ್ ಫಾರ್ ತ್ರೀ ಇಯರ್ಸ್ ದೇ ವಾಸ್ ಸ್ಟೇಯಿಂಗ್ ದೇರ್ ಅಂಡ್ ನಥಿಂಗ್ ಹ್ಯಾಪನ್ ಹಿ ಬ್ರಾಟ್ ದಮ್ ಬ್ಯಾಕ್ ಬಟ್ ಹಿಯರ್ ಗೃಹಸ್ಥ ಡಿಸೈಪಲ್ಸ್ ಅಮೆರಿಕನ್ಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಇವನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೀಸ್ ಸನ್ಯಾಸಿಸ್ ವೆರಿ ಲರ್ನೆಡ್ ಯು ನೋ ಸೋ ಮೆನಿ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ದ ನ್ಯೂ ಶ್ಲೋಕ ದಿಸ್ ಎವ್ರಿಥಿಂಗ್ ದ ನ್ಯೂ ಬಟ್ ದೇ ಡಿ ನಾಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ದ ಮೂಡ್ ಟು ಪ್ರೀಚ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಬಟ್ ಹಿಯರ್ ಆರ್ ದೇರ್ ಪ್ರೀಚರ್ಸ್ ದೇ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ವೆಂಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವಿತ್ ಫುಲ್ ಫೇತ್ ಇನ್ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ವಿತ್ ಫುಲ್ ಸರೆಂಡರ್ ದೇ ಪ್ರೀಚ್ಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಸ್ಟಾರ್ಟಲ್ಸ್ ಲಂಡನ್ ನ
who are descendants of Sri Nityananda Prabhu and Sri Advaita Prabhu are certainly devotees. But devotees coming from other families should not be discriminated against. Indeed, whether the devotees come from a family of previous Acharyas <coughs> or from an ordinary family, they should be treated equally. One should not think, oh, here is an American Goswami and discriminate against him. Nor should one think, here is a Nityananda Vamsa Goswami. There is an undercurrent of protest against our awarding the title Goswami to the American Vaishnavas of the Krishna Consciousness Movement. See, Prabhupada is saying that. There is an undercurrent of, especially in India, the, the Smartha Brahmanas, the, they did not like this idea that American Vaishnavas who not born in Brahmana family, they are giving, given Goswami titles and becoming sannyasis and all that. They did not like. And they always challenge Prabhupada how you can do like this. You know? There is an undercurrent of protest against our awarding the title Goswami to the American Vaishnavas of the Krishna Consciousness Movement. Sometimes people flatly tell the American devotees that their sannyas or title of Goswami is not bona fide. However, according to the statements of Sri Rupa Goswami, Sri Rupa Goswami in this verse, an American Goswami and a Goswami in the family of the Acharyas are non-different. On the other hand, a devotee who has attained the title of Goswami but is not born of a Brahmana father or of a Goswami in the family of Nityananda or Advaita Prabhu should not be artificially puffed up by thinking that he has become a Goswami. That is also there. Not that because now I am American Vaishnava, so I am also equal with that, that Goswami who is doing the puja in the, the Radharaman temple. I am better than him. I am preacher. I'm a, that, if he becomes puffed up, then he is also rubbish. If the, if the pujari becomes puffed up, he is also rubbish. It should be considered equal. It's, you know, everybody is a service. Everybody is doing their service. And especially, Krishna says in 18th chapter 68, 69th verses, who is a preacher, he is more dear to me than anybody else. So, there should be always mutual respect for Vaishnavas. Uh, not that I am better than you, you, you know, you, I am better than you. This kind of, be, this kind of thing, you know, it's, it's not, that is not Vaishnava behavior. He should always remember that as soon as he becomes materially puffed up, he immediately falls down. Pride goes before fall. This Krishna consciousness movement is, not, is a transcendental science and there is no room for jealousy. This movement is meant for the Paramahamsas who are completely free from all jealousy. Paramam Nirmatsaranam. One should not be jealous whether he is born in a family of Goswamis or has the title of Goswami awarded to him. As soon as anyone becomes envious, he falls from the platform of Paramahamsa. If we consider the bodily defects of a Vaishnava, we should understand that we are committing an offence at the lotus feet of the Vaishnava. An offence. What, what? Another example of this is, uh, who is this... Um, we have already read the example, the story of Amrish Maharaj, Durvasamani. Durvasamani was a Brahmin and Amrish Maharaj was a Kshatriya. So, this Durvasamani wanted to show his Brahminical power against this oh, Kshatriya only, no? second class man. I am first class man, Brahman. So, he wanted to show his Brahminical curse, you know, how he can give sharp and, you know, give problem for um, Amrish Maharaj. But, what happened? Backfired, completely backfired and actually his back was on fire. <laughs> because the Sudarshan Chakra was coming behind him and <laughs> I think maybe that's how the word backfired started because his back was on fire because the Sudarshan Chakra was burning his back so and then in this way he was you know being chased by Sudarshan Chakra and he went Brahma you know Shiva and Vishnu everywhere but he couldn't, could not be even Vishnu said I cannot relieve you you have to fall down at the feet of Ambarish Maharaj and if he chooses to forgive you uh, then you can be uh, relieved from this uh, burning heat of the Sudarshan Chakra then he went and fell at the feet of Ambarish Maharaj and then Sudarshan left him. And that too, Ambarish Maharaj asked the Sudarshan to please 
forgive. And Sudarshan Chakra obeyed the orders of Ambarish Maharaj. Then Durvasamani understood. Never to mess again with Vaishnavas. When Yudhishthir Maharaj, I think we have already read this, I mean, heard the story. Yudhishthir Maharaj, you know, when uh, in the forest, Durvasamani came to see him and Yudhishthir Maharaj, you know, could not feed him because Akshapat, I mean, the Akshapatra already Draupadi ate that day. Uh, then um, he was bathing in the river with his 60,000 disciples and Krishna just came. They called upon Krishna in their helplessness and then Krishna came and took one shark, one spinach leaf which was not washed properly because the pot was not washed. So there was some spinach leaf in the pot. He took that and ate and the whole 60,000 disciples along with Durvasamani, everybody felt full. They cannot eat anymore. They simply left from that river. They never came to the Yudhishthir Maharaj place. They said, if I come there, if I go there and Yudhishthir Maharaj has already prepared, must have prepared a feast and if I don't eat, he will curse me and I will be again, my back will not be a fire, everything will be backfired again. So, <laughs> better I leave this place. So, in this way, um, so again, that was an offense because he thought he was a Brahmin and he is a Kshatriya, Ambarish Maharaj. Same thing happened to him. This is called Vaishnava Jati Buddhi. An offence at the lotus feet of a Vaishnava is very serious. Indeed, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has described this offence as Hati Mata, the mad elephant offence. A mad elephant can create a disaster, especially when it enters into a nicely trimmed garden. If an elephant, a mad elephant, you know what's a mad elephant? An elephant which has gone completely crazy. Have you seen a video of a mad elephant? I have seen some video in Kerala, how this elephant went mad. And he, ah, horrible to see what he was doing. He just killed a woman, an old woman. He just tack, 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 you know, with his trunk, just tack, 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 and then trampled her, trampled her under, under his feet and destroyed houses, destroyed vehicles and up, overturned everything. So much damage. A mad elephant is a horrible thing to encounter. A mad elephant, if it enters a nicely formed, nicely maintained garden, what will happen? Complete chaos. Similarly, our devotional life will become completely chaotic when we uh, do this offense of offending a Vaishnava. Hati Mata. Hmm. Mad elephant. So, <clears throat> uh, one should therefore be very careful not to commit any offense against a Vaishnava. Every devotee should be ready to take instructions from a superior Vaishnava and a superior Vaishnava must be ready to help an inferior Vaishnava in all respects. One is superior or inferior according to his spiritual development in Krishna consciousness. Yesterday somebody asked the question, uh, how to distinguish between junior and senior devotee? You see here is the answer. One is superior or inferior according to his spiritual development in Krishna consciousness. One is forbidden to observe the activities of a pure Vaishnava from a material point of view. For the neophyte especially, Considering a pure devotee from a material point of view is very injurious. We have read yesterday from 7.15.27 purport that it will create disaster. If one considers the spiritual master as a materialistic person or a person of this material world as an ordinary mortal, then it will create disaster in his spiritual life. So, it is very injurious. One should therefore avoid observing a pure devotee externally, but should try to see the internal features and understand how he is engaged in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. In this way, one can avoid seeing the pure devotee from a material point of view and thus one can gradually become a purified devotee himself. 
another good examples two nice verses are there shrimad bhagavatam we have seen this before again we will see this is in this context this is in the vaikuntha world So this is 3.15.18 of Bhagavatam. You see the non-envious nature of the inhabitants of Vaikuntha. Paravatanya bhritasara sachakravaka dhatyo hahamsa sukatvittitiribarihinam yaha Kola halo viramite chiramatramuchair bhringadhipe harikatham ivagayamane when the king of bees hums in a high pitch, you know, bee, these are very nice example. When the king of bees, when the king of bees hums in a high pitch, singing the glories of the Lord, there is a temporary lull in the noise of the pigeon, the cuckoo, the crane, the chakravaka, the swan, the parrot, the partridge and the peacock. Such transcendental birds stop their own singing simply to hear the glories of the Lord. Look at that. So the bee, the, the cuckoo and all these birds, they make very nice sounds. And they look also much more beautiful than an ordinary bee. Now, the, the birds were all chirping. In the spiritual world, when the birds chirp, they sing, they sing the glories of the Lord. They don't chirp nonsense sounds. They chirp the glories of the Lord. They sing beautiful songs of the Lord. And even it is said, when the Garuda, when he flaps his wings, you know, when a bird flaps his wings, there is, there is an air sound, you right? So, when Garuda flaps his wings, the sound that comes out is the Vedic mantras from the, from the, you know, uh, that is also explained, I think, in the um, Bhagavatam, I think. I don't know exactly where, but I've read this. So, the, when the Garuda flaps his wings, the sound that comes is Vedic mantras. And when Krishna played his flute, that flute sound entered the heart of Brahmaji and it manifested him itself as the Gayatri mantra. Uh, and uh, actually Om, first Om. And from there the Gayatri mantra. And then the whole Vedas came from that sound of Krishna's flute. So, when gopis are attracted to the sound of Krishna's flute, it looks like an ordinary girl, you know, getting just lusty because of a nice music plays played by an ordinary boy. But the sound of Krishna's flute is imbued with entire Satchitananda potency. Satchitananda, full of knowledge, full of eternality and full of bliss. So the entire Vedic mantras are already there in the flute playing of Krishna. It's not an ordinary flute playing like any of us. So when the gopis are attracted, that's why the gopis, when they talk, oh, such beautiful words. That's why even they said, Tavakathamritam tapta jeevanam kavibhiriditam kalma shapaham shravana mangalam shreemadatatam bhuvigranantiye bhuridajana. They glorified the preachers who spread the glories of the Lord and preach worldwide, you know, and take all risks to do that. They are very glorious. The gopis said the preachers are very glorious. How they understand all these things? How they understand that the Vedic knowledge is so important that the people are suffering and then the knowledge must be preached to them? How they understand? They never read Vedas. They only heard Krishna's flute. In that flute sound, everything is there. The entire knowledge of the Vedas is there. Brahma was enlightened by the flute of Krishna. 
and the entire Vedas became manifested from him. That flute sound became Om, and then for Om, you know, the, the Ved- Gayatri Mantra, and then the whole Vedas came into existence. This is explained in the Brahma Samhita nicely. So, the, even the bees also sing the glories of the Lord in the spiritual world. And the birds considered themselves, although they, they have beautiful voices, they made a temporary lull in the noise of the pigeon, the cuckoo, the crane, the chakravaka bird. This doesn't have an English equivalent. Then the swan, the parrot, the partridge and the peacock. Why? Because they wanted to hear what the bee had to say. They did not say, oh, the bee came. No, 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 let's, chant, let's just shout louder. We are greater devotees of the Lord. We are so, see how beautiful we are. The bee, how, you know, black, you know, what it looks. You know, some lump of black. You know, they did not, <laughs> they did not think like this. Yeah. Full Nirmat Saranam. Completely non-envious. They thought, oh, they thought in this way that the bee is more fortunate than us because the bee is always attracted to flowers and when the Lord is wearing the Vaijayanti garland, it's on the chest of the Lord, it's on the neck of the Lord, they actually can go so close to the Lord and they can smell His fragrance and then they can be enlightened by so many intricate details of the Lord that we are not aware of. Let's hear from the bee what he had to, has to say about the Lord. This is how devotees think. They don't see the external, uh, see how the bee looks. We are more fortunate. Look at how we are looking. Huh? Very beautiful green color uh, parrot, you see. Hmm. No. <laughs> and then the next the next example is also very nice. We have already read also this in the uh, Tulasi story. Mandara kunda kurabot palachampakarna punnaganaga bakulam bujapari jata gandher chite tulasika bharane natasya yasmim stapasumanaso bahumanayanti. The flowers also thought the same way. Many, many fragrant flowers are there, very nice fragrance, sweet fragrance. But they, when they see Tulasi, they will pay their respects. They know that we cannot be equal to Tulasi because the amount of tapasya that she did, nobody can match. And therefore, and she is so dear that the Lord com- sees everything as you know incomplete if without the Tulasi leaf. So it is said here, all the flower- flowering plants like the Mandara, Kunda, Kurabaka, Utpala, Champaka, Arna, Punnaga, Nagakeshara, Bakula, Lily and Parijat are full of transcendental fragrance. They are still conscious of the austerities performed by Tulasi. For Tulasi is given special preference by the Lord who garlands himself with Tulasi leaves. Look at that. So, this is the non-envious nature. They don't see the, ah, we are better than Tulasi, no. We have better fragrance. Huh? <laughs> no. See how this is the, this is an important lesson to learn. Uh, always we must glorify Vaishnava. Oh, how you see a nice service is doing like that. Uh, <clears throat> those who think that Krishna consciousness uh, is limited to a certain section of people, a certain section of devotees or a certain tract of land are generally prone to see the external features of the devotee. See this point. Very, very important. Huh? Again, we'll repeat. Those who think that Krishna consciousness is limited to a certain section of people. Oh, it, Krishna, you're, it is all for us, the Hindus. Hindus also think like this. Hindus, you know, sometimes they, in fact, Hindus, they say, why are you trying to convert other people into Hinduism, you know, we are not into conversions, we are not like Christians, Muslims and all the conversion people, we are just, you know, Hindu is a way of life, it is not religion, it is a way of life, they don't know what the hell they are speaking. They are actually Naraki, they are actually residents of hell. They don't know what they are speaking, what is the meaning, Hindu is not a religion, it is a way of life. What do you mean? Do you know what you are speaking? Can you explain? 
they don't know they cannot explain religion is the way of life for a human being if it is a way of life and it's not a religion that is a way of life for animals animals have a way of life but it's not there's no religion that that is animal ahara nidra bhaya maithuna that is a way of life without religion dharmo hi tesha tesham adhiko vishesha we have dharma we have religion that is that distinguishes us from the animals so this is hindu this is indian religion indian god krishna is indian god no it's not indian god it's not hindu god there's no such thing he said sarva yonishu kaunteya murte asambhavanti ja tasam brahma mahadyonir aham bija pradapita he said i am the father of all species of life he krishna never said in the 14th chapter 4th verse you can see um, he never said i am the father of hindus i am father of indians no he did not or i am father of up wala because he is up no vrindavan so i am father of up wala no he never said that so those who think that krishna consciousness is limited to a certain section of people maybe only brahmanas or indians hindus a certain section of devotees like goswami families and we are only monopolizing the the, the whole puja and everything or a certain tract of land oh this is indian this is indian religion who think like this are generally prone to see the external features of the devotee such neophytes unable to appreciate the exalted service of the advanced devotee try to bring the mahabhagavat to their platform we experience such difficulty in propagating this krishna consciousness all over the world unfortunately we are surrounded by neophyte god brothers now you see he is pointing to his own god brothers who are disciples of shrila bhakti siddhan saraswati thakur prabhupad's god brothers he is saying unfortunately we are surrounded by neophyte god brothers who do not appreciate the extraordinary activities of spreading krishna consciousness all over the world in other words he is pointing to himself you see this is spreading of krishna consciousness all over the world is extraordinary just in the last verse in the previous purport we have seen bhaktivinoda thakur mentioning that we can identify an uttama adhikari by how many people he can convert to vaishnavas Uh, so prabhupada has converted so many to vaishnavism and that is the sign of a very advanced mahabhagavat devotee and you see here he is saying neophyte god brothers god brothers who do not appreciate the extraordinary activities of spreading krishna consciousness all over the world krishna shakti vina nahetar pravartan kalikalir dharm krishna nama sankirtan so this is not ordinary unless one is especially empowered by krishna he cannot preach the holy name he cannot preach about krishna he cannot speak about krishna if he is not empowered by krishna so how much prabhupada did how many books he wrote how many travels he did how much you know this is unimaginable unimaginable in 12 years what he has achieved the acharyas haven't achieved in thousands and thousands and thousands of years not to discount their service they have done great amounts of service but prabhupada did something which is unthinkable if you we are taking it it is ordinary because you know probably just in you know, 40 years back or jesus you know just like now jesus is 2000 years back oh he's a great saint but people at that time when they were with him they actually crucified him so actually there is a who said this bhakti siddhant saraswati thakur or bhakti vinod thakur bhakti siddhant saraswati maybe one of the two he they said people consider a distant place to a whole, to be a holy place i think this is also in the bhagavatam that uh, people in kolkata for example ganga is going there also but they want to do ganga you know the, the snan they will go to some haridwar some you know some some you know somewhere in the gangotri somewhere 
the same Ganga is flowing down, but here it is not holy, there it is holy, we have to go to a holy place. That Ganga is same, no? They think some distant place is holy place. And similarly, they also think uh, that a, a, a pure devotee, when he is living, they don't consider him very greatly. They may, to an extent, but not until, not to the point that they would accept him far after he is gone. A person of remote past, he will be looked upon as a very great saint. Ramanujacharya, 1000 years back, or Sridhar Swami, or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, or all these associates, six Goswamis. But Haridas Thakur, for example, we revere Haridas Thakur, or Namacharya. But when he was there, the Muslims beated him, beat him up in 22 marketplaces, and some they, the people did not let him inside the Jagannath temple because he was considered a Muslim. So many things he was discriminated against. So at that time, the people don't see the, the extraordinary greatness. And when they pass away, oh, then he is a great soul. Now. And especially sometime in the past, like 200, 300, 500 years ago, it becomes a legend. It becomes a very great. But actually, now it is the same greatness. But we don't realize, we take it for granted. We offend. That's why it is said there are two dangerous services. One is the pujari service, one is the personal assistant of the spiritual master. Very two dangerous services in Krishna consciousness. Why? Because we can easily get familiar with the deity and the, the spiritual master and we may disrespect and we may commit aparad. When we see an ordinary, you know, when the personal servant of spiritual master, for example, he sees the guru going to the, you know, taking bath, going to the toilet, everything, eating. Yeah, looks like an ordinary, what is... What is so great about him? So, the familiarity. Huh? But, those who are not so close to Prabhupada, oh, Prabhupada, everything. You know, that awe and veneration is more when we, when there is a distance. When there is intimacy, it reduces, kind of. And we should be very, very careful not to allow that to happen. That's why Prabhupada said, dangerous services. Pujari and the personal assistant of the spiritual master. We can easily consider them material. We can easily consider the, you know, you don't think, you know, like people who come to the temple and, you know, they, you know, you know, they say, oh, wow, beautiful darshan. But a devotee in the temple, he may be easily, oh, same, every day I'm seeing anyway, you know, that kind of feeling it may come. It may come. If you're not careful, uh, we may, do like this. Whereas people are sometimes outside, they come running for darshan. So, we have to be very careful not to lose our, you know, awe and veneration for the Lord. Hmm. So, here, moving on. Uh, unfortunately, we are surrounded by neophyte God brothers who do not appreciate the extraordinary activities of this of spreading Krishna consciousness all over the world. They simply try to bring us to their platform and they try to criticize us in every respect. We very much regret their naive activities and poor fund of knowledge. An empowered person who is actually engaged in the confidential service of the Lord should not be treated as an ordinary human being. For it is stated that unless one is empowered by Krishna, one cannot spread the Krishna consciousness movement all over the world. He's, now he is indirectly pointing to what his actual position is. Here you can see Prabhupada's position. An empowered person, who is that doing? He himself, Prabhupada. So, you see, an empowered person who is actually engaged in the confidential service of the Lord should not be treated as an ordinary human being. For it is stated that unless one is empowered by Krishna, one cannot spread the Krishna consciousness movement all over the world. 
empowerment from Krishna is not ordinary. So, this is very important. When one thus criticizes a pure devotee, he commits an offense, Vaishnava Aparad, that is very obstructive and dangerous for those who desire to advance in Krishna consciousness. A person cannot derive any spiritual benefit when he offends the street of a Vaishnava. Everyone should therefore be very careful not to be jealous of an empowered Vaishnava or a Shuddha Vaishnava. It is also an offense to consider an empowered Vaishnava an object of disciplinary action. Disciplinary action. Hmm? Nowadays in Iskon they have so many disciplines, disciplinary actions for gurus. How can this be? Here we have, you see, it is also an offense to consider an empowered Vaishnava an object of disciplinary action. That means, if they are really that empowered Vaishnavas, then they should not be under disciplinary action. That means, Vaishnava Aparadha is being done or the disciplinary actions are so necessary that if it was not there, they will go <coughs> out of control. That means, they are not empowered Vaishnavas. The second is the true truth. So, <laughs> because there have been so many instances of transgression of discipline. So, there is an understanding. It is offensive to try to give him advice or to correct him. There is a nice story in this Sanatana Goswami. We will read all those stories. Nice stories are there regarding all these aspects. It is very offensive to try to give him advice or to correct him. Who? Who is an empowered Vaishnava who is preaching all over the world like Prabhupada. But his God brothers were trying to correct him. They said, why, you, why did you accept the title Prabhupada? Why you are so, um, so proud and why you are so uh, egoistic that you have accepted this title Prabhupada? You know, they, they challenged him like that. You know? One can distinguish between a neophyte Vaishnava and an advanced Vaishnava by their activities. The advanced Vaishnava is always situated as a spiritual master. And the neophyte is always considered his disciple. The spiritual master must not be subjected to the advice of a disciple, nor should a spiritual master be obliged to take instructions from those who are not his disciples. This is the sum and substance of Srila Rupa Goswami's advice in the sixth verse. So, now we will look at some of the examples of pastimes where these things have been exemplified. So, I have just lined up a few. One is this nice verse by Hanuman in the Srimad Bhagavatam. He said very nicely, Na janmanonam mahato na saubhagam Navan na buddhir na kritis tosha hetu Tairyad visrishtan apinova naukasash Chakara sakhe bata lakshmana grajaha So this is chapter, uh, Kanto 5, chapter 19, text 7, 5.19.7 7 of Srimad Bhagavatam, you see, Hanuman is saying, nice beautiful verse, one cannot establish a friendship with the Supreme Supreme Lord Ramachandra on the basis of material qualities, such as one's birth in an aristocratic family, one's personal beauty, one's eloquence, one's sharp intelligence or one's superior race or nation. None of these qualifications is actually a prerequisite for friendship with Lord Sri Ramachandra. Otherwise, how is it possible that although we uncivilized inhabitants of the forest, he is speaking about the Vanaras, the monkeys. Otherwise, how is it possible that although we, are un- we uncivilized inhabitants of the forest have not taken noble births, although we have no physical beauty and although we cannot speak like gentlemen, Lord Ramachandra has nevertheless accepted us as his friends. See how, how Ramachandra, he did not consider monkeys, vultures, bears, all kind of people were in his army. 
and even a squirrel also was throwing the stone in the in the on the the, the ram setu the bridge how how it is possible uh, because the ram does not see this outside body uh, it does not see you see even they don't look well they don't look beautiful monkeys how look how beautiful can they look and they don't speak like gentlemen they are inhabitants of the forest but of course you, from this verse you can see how hanuman is so poetic you know <laughs> he is glorifying the lord with uncommon words you know with choice words uttama shloka uh, but um, ordinary he, the, the other monkeys you see they were all what monkeys just you know throwing some peaks there i mean some stones and you know trees like this they they killed the whole ravana army they were not even sophisticated in any warfare nothing what kind of army he had but you see how why ramachandra considered them more than even great great uh, you know even the rishis the rishis in the uh, forest they wanted to have a conjugal relation no 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 you wait you wait for my next avatar you 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 wait i i want i want to be with the monkeys <laughs> so he wanted to be the monkeys rather than the, the rishis you know why what kind of things they have done what kind of pious activities they must have done to be monkeys there and then even the monkey is not personal no person you see he said one cannot establish friendship with supreme lord ramachandra on the basis of material qualities such as birth aristocratic family personal beauty eloquence sharp intelligence superior race or nation none of these qualities qualifications is actually a prerequisite hmm? we uncivilized inhabitants of forests have not taken noble births animal birth not even forget about brahmana vaishya shudra and all this you know animal animal mlecha is also you know a human being at least yavana is also a human being animal subhuman species although we have no physical beauty and although we cannot speak like gentlemen so externally materially no qualities but the lord ramachandra never less accepted us as friends bhakta bhakti so <coughs> this is the this is nice uh, prayer by hanuman this is one example where the lord did not see the external bodily features of the devotee now another this is ishwar puri's example um, you know how chaitanya mahaprabhu you know who is ishwar puri for those of you who do not know ishwar puri is the guru of shri chaitanya mahaprabhu is the guru of shri chaitanya mahaprabhu and he was a disciple of madhavendra puri very great devotee so madhavendra puri is uh, shirchura gopinath temple is there in orissa i think some of you have went there have gone there so this madhavendra puri's disciple was ishwar puri and ishwar puri's disciple was chaitanya mahaprabhu now usually a disciple will feel very fortunate if he has a very nice bona fide guru you know like we feel fortunate to have shri prabhupada as our guru right but ishwar puri was considering himself i am very fortunate that chaitanya mahaprabhu is my disciple uh, so how did chaitanya mahaprabhu became a disciple of ishwar puri chaitanya mahaprabhu is the lord of the universe he is lord krishna himself he doesn't need guru but he accepts guru to show others fine but how did ishwar puri become qualified to become a guru of chaitanya mahaprabhu because chaitanya mahaprabhu will not accept anybody and everybody right that means ishwar puri must be very very great what made him great what made him great now we will see so here this is from the what antyalila chaitanya charitamrita antyalila chapter 8 okay i am reading from that 
few verses. So thus Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at Jagannathpuri performed his various pastimes with his devotees in the waves of love of love for Krishna. Then a sannyasi, so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was in Jagannathpuri with all the devotees and having various pastimes and discussing so many topics of Krishna and you know being invited to houses and having prasadam there. All these pastimes were going on. Then a sannyasi named Rajapu, Ra, Ramachandra Puri Gosai came to see Paramananda Puri and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Paramananda Puri was a great devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Ramachandra Puri came to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So who is Ramachandra Puri? He is a god brother of Ishwar Puri. That means he was a disciple of Madhavendra Puri. God brother means, god brothers means they have same spiritual master. So Ramachandra Puri was Ishwar Puri was god brother and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was Ishwar Puri's disciple. So Ramachandra Puri was on the level of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's guru. The respect that he should be given is like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's guru's respect because god brother of guru. Okay? So, he has come to see Paramananda Puri and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Paramananda Puri was a sannyasi. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also was in sannyas uh, ashram. So, now, <coughs> Paramananda Puri offered respects at the feet of Ramachandra Puri and Ramachandra Puri strongly embraced him. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also offered obeisances to Ramachandra Puri. Wow! See, how humble Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu offered obeisances to Ramachandra Puri who then embraced him and thus remembered Krishna. The three of them talked about Krishna for some time and then Jagadananda came and extended an invitation to Ramachandra Puri. Jagadananda was a boy at the time. He is actually incarnation of Satyabhama. So anyway, so he came. He is considered a junior. You know? So he came. He extended an invitation to Ramachandra Puri. Please come. Uh, we will serve you. So sadhu come means, when there is a sadhu means, you know, everybody must be rushing to serve. You know, that should be the, um, that should be the mood. You know? Oh, sadhu came. Let him, let him, let him be there. I will do my thing. No, all rushing to serve. So, then Jagadananda came and extended an invitation to Ramachandra Puri. A large quantity of remnants of food from Lord Jagannath was brought in for distribution. So, what he did? Jagadananda went to Jagannath Puri temple and brought a large, a large quantity of prasadam and he, he wanted to feed uh, Ramachandra Puri. Now, Ramachandra Puri ate sumptuously. And then he wanted to find faults in Jagadananda Pandit. This was Ramachandra Puri's problem. This Ramachandra, he was, uh, he was always looking how to find fault. So what he did, he wanted to find fault with Jagadananda, who invited him for, you know, Prasadam feast. So after finishing the meal, Ramachandra Puri requested, "My dear Jagadananda, please listen. You eat the food that is left." With great eagerness, Ramachandra Puri seated Jagadananda Pandit. You know, very eagerly. Jagadananda, you sit down, you sit down, I will serve. You know, and personally served him prasadam. Encouraging him again and again, Ramachandra Puri fed him sumptuously. No, no, take, then he, Ramachandra, Jagadananda was saying, no, no, enough, enough. No, no, take some more, take some more, you know. Why, why you are so shy? Hey, take some more, take gulab jamun, this, that, everything take. Rice, take more rice, take more dal, take more sabji. In this way. So, encouraging him and again and again, Ramachandra Puri fed him sumptuously. But when Jagadananda had washed his hands and mouth, Ramachandra Puri began criticizing him. I have heard, he said, I have heard that the followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu eat more than necessary. Hmm, now I have directly seen that this is true. Hmm, see how you are eating. He personally fed him. He said, no, 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 he, no, he put more, put more. You know, feeding a sannyasi too much breaks his regulative principles. For, a, for when a sannyasi eats too much, his renunciation is destroyed. Hmm, so you cannot eat more. Why did you eat more? In the beginning, he was very much, you know, 
as if he was very cordial and very nice and affectionate he no 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 please take please take don't say no and when after he took everything and now he's like like this you see uh, you see feeding a sanyasi too much breaks his regulative principles his renunciation will be destroyed the characteristic of ramchandra puri was that first he would induce someone to eat more than necessary and then he would criticize him formerly when madhavendra puri so this is his background now why he became like this so this is background formerly even madhavendra puri was at the last stage of his life hmm? ramachandra ramachandra puri came to where he was staying so ramachandra puri was the disciple of madhavendra puri so madhavendra puri was going to leave his body so in, he was in the last stages of his life so ramachandra puri came to where he was staying madhavendra puri was chanting the holy name of krishna and sometimes he would cry oh my lord i did not get shelter at mathura he was crying so this is vipralamba seva the separation from krishna actually he was in spiritual ecstasy but is ramachandra puri he was a fool he could not understand it so you see what he did um, just like chaitanya mahaprabhu he used to cry but that crying is not like ordinary crying oh krishna where are you means no oh, he is missing krishna he is so fallen that he cannot see krishna no no he is always with krishna that means this is uh, you know you have to understand this is vipralamba seva the gopis were always in that mood so madhavendra puri was also in that mood and actually madhavendra puri was the one in our whole sampradaya in a gaudi vaishnava sampradaya in that brahma madhva gaudi vaishnava sampradaya madhavendra puri was the one who introduced radha krishna worship before that it was only krishna worship only krishna alone uh, like udupi krishna you know all this if you see madhvas in the in the karnataka and region uh, they worship only krishna whereas madhavendra puri was the one who started radha krishna worship in our sampradaya and therefore like that chaitanya mahaprabhu came and all this was chaitanya mahaprabhu's plan how radha krishna worship came became very prominent in the madhva sampradaya so he was in that mood you know that gopi is you know all this mood so he in that mood he was crying oh lord i did not get shelter at mathura then ramachandra puri was so foolish that he fearlessly dared to instruct his spiritual master like like we have seen in the purport we should not instruct somebody who is empowered by krishna no but he was in instructing and what he instructed you see Huh? he dared to instruct his spiritual master if you are in full in if you are full in transcendental bliss you should now remember only brahman why are you crying you should think of the impersonal brahman now now is the time you should think of brahman why are you crying you should be happy your spiritual master you are so enlightened right you are you should be this way he was speaking hearing this instruction madhavendra puri greatly angry rebuked him by saying get out you sinful rascal <laughs> you know get out you know then he then he you know he cried even more oh my lord krishna i could not reach you nor could i reach your abode mathura i am dying in my unhappiness and now this rascal has come to give me more pain then he then he looked at ramachandra again and said don't show me your don't show your face to me go anywhere else you like if i die seeing your face i shall achieve the destination if i die seeing your face i shall not achieve the destination of my life yeah, i don't want to see you you know just like bhishma when he was passing away on the bed of arrows he was seeing the lord and in that way he fixed his eyes and he went back to vaikuntha you know krishna or his devotees are there is auspicious this guy was so inauspicious madhavendra puri said i don't want to see your face and die you get out somewhere because i <laughs> i will i will not achieve destination of my life then he said i am dying without achieving the shelter of krishna and therefore i am greatly unhappy now this condemned foolish rascal has come to instruct me about brahman no he is teaching me impersonal he is now teaching me impersonal philosophy at this stage of life 
at the last stage when I have to heat, here always the chanting of the name, now this guy is speaking nonsense. Get out, rascal! He shouted at him. Ramachandra Puri was thus denounced by Madhavendra Puri. Due to his offence, gradually material desire appeared within him. One who is attached to dry speculative knowledge has no relationship with Krishna. His occupation is criticizing Vaishnavas. Thus, he is situated in criticism. See, that was Ramachandra Puri's example. Now, his god-brother Ishwar Puri, what he was doing? Opposite example. Ishwar Puri, the spiritual master of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, performed service to Madhavendra Puri, cleaning up his stool and urine with his own hand. You know, when you know the body was, you know, so, you know, we are talking about the manav, drishtai svabhava janitairva pushascha doshairva pushascha the faults of the body. Oh, see, this pure devotee, why he's, uh, you know, the stool and urine all coming out, you know, without uh, control, you know. He, you can easily make this mistake and offend. But no, Ishwarpuri was, you know, what he did, he clean up, every day he was cleaning up the stool and urine of Madhavendra Puri with his own hand. You see, the, 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 the Bengali, you see what the verse is. Beautiful. Ishwarpuri Gosai Kore Shripad Sevan Swahaste Swahaste Korena Moolamutradi Marjan Malamutradi Marjan So, Swahaste Korena Malamutradi Marjan Swahaste means own hands he was doing. Uh, he was cleaning up everything, serving him very, very meekly and humbly and very gently. And what else he was doing? Ishwar Puri was always chanting the holy name and pastimes of Lord Krishna for Madhavendra Puri to hear. Uh, this is what some, we should do when somebody is passing away. Uh, we should chant the name of Krishna, explain about Krishna's pastimes, read from the Krishna book like this. These are the things that one should do when somebody is passing away. Uh, so, Ishwarpuri was doing these things, chanting Hare Krishna for him and, you know, uh, narrating the pastimes of Krishna and in this way, you know, um, getting Madhavendra Puri to hear about Krishna. And Madhavendra Puri was very satisfied with Ishwarpuri's service. Uh, in this way, he helped Madhavendra Puri remember the holy name and pastimes of Lord Krishna at the time of death. Pleased with Ishwarpuri, Madhavendra Puri embraced him and gave him the benediction that he would be a great devotee and lover of Krishna. Thus, Ishwarapuri became like an ocean of ecstatic love for Krishna, whereas Ramachandrapuri became a dry speculator and a critic of everyone else. See? And Ishwarapuri became so fortunate that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, God himself became his disciple. Why? Because he served so menially his Guru. Without seeing the faults of his body or anything, just served him nicely. Whatever service it may be, he's personally with his own hands he collected the stool and urine and everything he cleaned and everything he made comfortable in Madhavendra Puri in the last stages of his life. And because of that, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became his disciple. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu chose Ishwar Puri as disciple uh, as spiritual master for this reason. Ishwar Puri became so exalted because of that service to Guru. Without it, he, he did not make the mistake of seeing the material uh, infirmity in the body of his spiritual master. Uh, so, this is very important lesson to learn from this pastime. Uh, Ishwarpuri received the blessing of Madhavendra Puri whereas Ramachandra Puri received a rebuke from him. Therefore, these two persons, Ishwarpuri and Ramachandra Puri are examples of the objects of a great personality's benediction and punishment. Madhavendra Puri inter- instructed the entire world by presenting these two examples.
And then, His Divine Grace Madhavendra Puri, the spiritual master of the entire world, thus distributed ecstatic love for Krishna. While passing away from the material world, He chanted the following verse. Ayidina Dayardra Nathahem Ayidina Dayardra Nathahem Mathuranatha Kadava Lokyase Hridayam Tvad Aloka Kataram Daita Brahmyati Kimkaromyaham O my Lord, O most merciful Master, O Master of Mathura, when shall I see you again? Because of my not seeing you, my agitated heart has become unsteady, O most beloved one. What shall I do now? So these, these so-called depression and transcendental ecstasy is not actually a depression. This is Viprilambha Seva. So anyway, we get the idea of what is the difference uh, of a person who has seen the materialistic side of a body of devotee and who considered his spiritual master an ordinary mortal and tried to instruct him about impersonalism. On the other hand, a devotee who has not seen uh, who, who overlooked all the faults of the body and in fact served him so menially and humbly uh, and that he got God himself as his spiritual master, uh, as, his, as his disciple. This is a beautiful example. Now, another example is there, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself, two examples in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela. So, this is Antyalila of, uh, I am reading from the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Antyalila, chapter 4. So, this chapter 4 is summarized by Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his Amrita Pravaha Bhashya as follows. Srila Sanatan Goswami came alone from Mathura to Jagannathpuri to see Lord Chaitanya. So, this is again, Lord Chaitanya is in Jagannathpuri. Sanatan Goswami came from Vrindavan, Mathura to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Jagannathpuri. So, while on his way, because of bathing in bad water and not getting enough food every day while travelling on the path through Jharkhand forest, now in the present day Jharkhand state in India. He, he bathed in some bad water and he did not get enough food while travelling and because of that he developed a disease that made his body itch. Suffering greatly from each, he resolved that in the presence of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he would throw himself under the wheel of Jagannath's car and in this way commit suicide. So he thought, then his body all started to become itching and sores all over his body and pus started to ooze out everywhere all over his body and he thought he was useless, his body is useless anymore. Then he thought, I think the only best way is to Shri, uh, go to Jagannathpuri and in the, in the, while looking at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu during the Rathyatra festival, uh, let the, I will throw myself under the wheel of the Jagannath chariot. You know, the wheel. You know, how big is the wheel of the Jagannath chariot? You know, double our size. You know, that kind of height. Huge wheels. And the, the chariot is the huge mammoth size chariots. And if anybody falls under the wheels, completely dead and some people actually used to do that sometimes they used to you know um, want to die under the wheel of the chariot of the lord so that they become liberated so recently all the police they completely banned that idea in fact nobody can even come near the chariot the distance should be maintained so but at that time uh, people are doing all these things so uh, not rampantly, but some rare people used to do these things. So, Sanatan Goswami declared, uh, thought that this would be the best way to end, the, end my body, my useless body. Uh, so, he, he, he thought like this. Let me look at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu while he is dancing in ecstasy in front of the Jagannath cart and let me just throw on, uh, myself under the wheels of the cart and in this way I die, seeing my, my Lord under, and under the uh, lotus feet of the Lord. And this is the best death. So, let me do this. My body is useless now. You know, he thought like this. 
when Sanatana Goswami came to Jagannathpuri, he stayed under the care of Haridas Thakur for some time. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very happy to see him. The Lord informed Sanatana Goswami about the death of his younger brother Anupama, who had great faith in the lotus feet of Lord Ramachandra. One day, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said to Sanatana Goswami, Your decision to commit suicide is the result of the mode of ignorance. One cannot get love of God simply by committing suicide. Huh? He said, if, if suicide is the way to commit, um, I mean, uh, get the mercy of the Lord, I would have committed suicide many, many, millions of times. Uh, he said like that, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Then he quoted Rukmini's love letter to Krishna, asking him to kidnap her. In that also, she said the same thing. I think, 10th uh, canto, 52nd chapter, no, yeah, 52nd chapter, 43rd verse, I think. <clears throat> so, anyway, the point is this. So, so don't commit suicide. You have already dedicated your life and body to my service. Therefore, your body does not belong to you. Nor do you have any right to commit suicide. Your body is mine. It's my property. What right do you have to do anything with your body? It is my property. You know, I have to execute many devotional services through your body. I want you to preach the cult of devotional service and go to Vrindavan to exc- excavate the whole lost holy places. After having thus been... Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu left and Haridas Thakur and Sanatana Goswami had many talks about this subject. One day Sanatana Goswami was summoned by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who wanted him to come to Yameshwar Tota. Tota. Um, it's a place in Jagannathpuri by the beach. Sanatana Goswami reached the Lord through the path along the beach by the sea. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked Sanatana Goswami which way he had come, Sanatana replied, Many servitors of Lord Jagannath come and go on the path of the, by the Simhadwar gate of the Jagannath temple. Therefore, I did not go by that path, but instead went by the beach. So, he did not want to disturb the, the, the priests in the Jagannath temple. So, he did not go by the main door. He, he went by the beach, another path. Sanatana Goswami did not realize that there were burning blisters on his feet because of the heat of the sand. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was pleased to hear about Sanatana Goswami's great respect for the temple of Lord Sri Jagannath and his Vaishnava etiquette also. Because his disease produced wet sores on his body, Sanatana Goswami used to avoid embracing Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But nevertheless, the Lord would embrace him by force. This made Sanatana Goswami very unhappy. And therefore, he consulted Jagadananda Pandit about what he should do. Jagadananda advised him to return to Vrindavan after the car festival of Jagannath. But when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu heard about this instruction, he chastised Jagadananda Pandit and reminded him that Sanatana Goswami was senior to him and also more learned. How, can, how dare you advise him? In fact, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, I myself take advice from Sanatana Goswami. You, you, are, so, you are so audacious that you, you advise Sanatana Goswami. Who, are, who do you think you are? Nonsense. You know, he chastised him like that. But Sanatana Goswami, actually this is, beauty, this is the beauty in Vaishnava dealings. You know, see how Sanatana Goswami looked at it. You see, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you are chastising Jagadananda Pandit. Actually, you are more, you are more uh, favouring Jagadananda than me. I am like an outsider to you. Because usually an outsider you will deal cordially, right? You, you know, you will, you will talk nicely. But with family members sometimes there is some argument. You may even chastise the person. But with outsiders you will be nice. So, he said, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you, you are scolding Jagannath Pandit. That means you have more affection for him. You are close with him. He is close to you. Whereas I am treated like an outsider. Therefore, you are embracing me and being cordial with me. You are not, you're not taking me into your inner circle. I am not as fortunate as Jagadananda Pandit that he can actually receive chastisement from you, but I cannot. For me, you are embracing me and all these things. Although I am already a proven sinful person. See, my body is all like this now. 
and you still you are you know you are treating me as a, you know like a cordially so that means you see i am in an external circle not in the internal circle of your see how he see this is how vaishnava dealings vaishnava is thinking he thinks in that you know that chastisement is better uh, so now um So, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu informed Sanatana Goswami that because Sanatana was a pure devotee, the Lord was never inconvenienced by his bodily condition. Um, see, this is the point related to today's verse. So, his body was made of all this, you know, all the sores all over his body and pus was coming out. And who would embrace such a person? But the Lord did it. You see? Um, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu informed Sanatana Goswami that because Sanatana was a pure devotee, the Lord was never inconvenienced by his bodily condition. Because the Lord was a sannyasi, he did not consider one body better than another. The Lord also informed him that he was maintaining Sanatana and other devotees were just like a father. Therefore, the moisture oozing from Sanatana's itching skin did not affect the Lord at all. After speaking with Sanatana Goswami in this way, the Lord again embraced him and after this embrace, Sanatana Goswami became free from the disease. Immediately, all his sores went away. The Lord ordered Sanatana Goswami to stay with him for that year and the next year after seeing the Rathyatra festival, he left Purushottam Kshetra and returned to Vrindavan. So, we'll go to the actual, uh, some of the verses which explains this. That was a summary just now. But there is a little more detail which is even nice. You see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, very nice actually. Okay, we'll go to this. Um, we'll go to this part. We have already known kind of the story line. You see, this is very important. Um, it's not exactly the same uh, point, but uh, I'll just, since we are here, I'll just show you. You see, this uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is telling to Haridas Thakur. See, this is also actually related in a Conway because Haridas Thakur was born in a Muslim family. But you see how uh, Sanatan Goswami, uh, not Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sanatan Goswami is respecting Haridas Thakur. Although he was born in a Muslim family, you see what Sanatan Goswami said. Haridas Thakur, he said like this, uh, My dear Sanatan, Haridas Thakur said, embracing him, no one can find the limits of your good fortune. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has accepted your body as his own property, therefore no one can equal you in good fortune. What Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu cannot do with his personal body, he wants to do through you and he wants to do it in Mathura. Whatever the Supreme Personality of Godhead wants us to do will successfully be accomplished. This is your great fortune, that is my mature opinion. I can understand from the words of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that he wants you to write books about the conclusive decision of devotional service and about the regulative principles asserted from the revealed scriptures. My body could not be used in the service of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Therefore, although it took birth in the land of India, this body has been useless. See, Haridas Thakur is saying my body is useless because I am born in a Muslim family and I did not, Haridas Thakur did not write any books. You see, 
not that he was not qualified, he was more than qualified than anybody else, but he was Namacharya, he was known for that. So, with each devotee, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu exemplified particular aspect of devotional service. With uh, Jiva Goswami, he exemplified the, the learning of a Vaishnava. With Raghunath Das Goswami, he exemplified the austerities of a Vaishnava. Um, so, in that way, in, from Haridas Sakuri, he exemplified the chanting of the holy name. So, with each of his devotees, associates, he exemplified certain aspects of devotional service. It's like Gaurakeshwar Das Babaji. Sakshad Vairagya Murta, we, we call him. So, he, from him, Krishna manifested the, 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 the what is the uh, epitome of renunciation. Uh, so, the, the, the pinnacle of renunciation was exhibited through Gaurakeshwar Das Babaji. So, in this way. And the preaching of the holy name was exemplified through Prabhupada. You know, Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai. <coughs> so, so, my body could not be used in the service of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Therefore, although it took birth in the land of India, which is considered Punya Bhumi, this body has been useless. Then Sanatana Goswami replied, No, no, no. Haridas Thakur, who is equal to you? You are one of the associates of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Therefore, you are the most fortunate. The mission of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu for which he has descended as an incarnation is to spread the importance of chanting the holy name of the Lord. Now, instead of personally doing so, he is spreading it through you. Why? You see how Sanatana Goswami saw. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came here to stress the importance of chanting. But instead of he personally doing it, he employed you to do it and he is glorifying you. My dear sir, you are chanting the holy name 300,000 times daily and informing every one of the importance of such chanting. Then he, then he said something very important. Some behave very well but do not preach the cult of Krishna consciousness. Whereas others preach but do not behave properly. You simultaneously perform both duties in relation to the holy name by your personal behavior and by your preaching. Therefore, you are the spiritual master of the entire world, for you are the most advanced devotee in the world. In this way, the two of them passed their time discussing subjects concerning Krishna, thus they enjoyed life together. So now, there is, a, there is another example. You see how the body of a devotee born in a bad family doesn't, you know, doesn't, is not a hindrance. Now, here, Um, after saying this, I say, what, okay, they had a conversation, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Sanatana Goswami. We already read that, that which way you have come, you know. After saying this, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu embraced Sanatana Goswami and the moisture oozing from the itching sores on the Sanatana's body smeared the body of the Lord. All When he was embracing Sanatana Goswami, all the pus of the, the Sanatana Goswami's body was touching the Lord everywhere you know, on his person. Sanatana Goswami did not like it at all. Although Sanatana Goswami repeatedly forbade Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to embrace him, the Lord still did so. Thus, his body was smeared with the moisture from Sanatana's body and Sanatana became greatly distressed. Thus, both servant and master departed for their respective homes. The next day, Jagadananda Pandit went to Sri, went to meet Sanatana Goswami. When Jagadananda Pandit and Sanatana Goswami sat together and began to discuss topics about Krishna, Sanatana Goswami submitted to Jagadananda Pandit the cause of his distress. I came here to diminish my unhappiness by seeing Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but the Lord did not allow me to execute what was in my mind. You know, he wanted to kill himself in the Jagannath cart, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, no, 
your body is my property you cannot do it that was actually in the earlier part of this chapter then he already forbid him huh? although i forbid him to do so sri chaitanya mahaprabhu nevertheless embraced me and therefore his body becomes smeared with the discharges from my itching sores in this way i am committing offences at his lotus feet and from these offences i shall certainly not be delivered at the same time i cannot see lord jagannath this is my great unhappiness i have come from all the way from vrindavan to become happy in the presence of the lord and jagannath you know i can see but nothing is working out and i wanted to kill myself at the in frustration and even that is not working out you know the lord said i can't do it so every everywhere i'm i'm in a very depressed condition now so i came here for my benefit but now i see that i'm just i'm getting just the opposite i do not know nor can nor can i ascertain how there will be benefit for me jagadananda pandit said the most suitable place for you to reside is vrindavan after seeing the rathyatra festival you can return there the lord has already ordered both of you brothers to situate yourselves in vrindavan therefore you will achieve all happiness and there you will achieve all happiness your purpose in coming has been fulfilled for you have seen the lotus feet of the lord therefore after seeing lord jagannath on the rathyatra car you can leave sanatan goswami replied you have given me very good advice because ordinarily that would have been a good advice because to fulfill the order of chaitanya mahaprabhu is more important than seeing him but chaitanya mahaprabhu's wish was he wanted to instruct sanatan more so for one year sanatan goswami stayed there after this incident uh, that was chaitanya mahaprabhu's plan so anyway this jagannath pandit was not a senior as sanatan so you see what will happen sanatan goswami replied you given me very good advice i shall search go there for that is the place the lord has given me for my residence after talking in this way sanatan goswami and jagannath pandit jagadananda pandit returned to their respective duties the next day sri chaitanya mahaprabhu went to see haridas and sanatan goswami haridas thakur offered obeisances to the lotus feet of sri chaitanya mahaprabhu and lord embraced him in ecstatic love sanatan goswami offered his obeisances and dandavats from a distant place but sri chaitanya mahaprabhu called him again and again to embrace him out of fear of committing offences sanatan goswami did not come forward to meet sri chaitanya mahaprabhu the lord however went forward to meet him sanatan goswami backed away but sri chaitanya mahaprabhu caught him by force and embraced him <laughs> the lord took them both with him and sat down in a sacred place then sanatan goswami who was advanced in renunciation began to speak i came here for my benefit he said but i see that i am getting just the opposite i am unfit to render service i am simply committing offences day after day by nature i am low born i am a contaminated reservoir of sinful activities if you touch me sir that will be a great offence on my part moreover my blood is running from infected itching sores on my body smearing your body with moisture but still you touch me by, by force my dear sir you do not have even a pinch of aversion to touching my body which is in a horrible condition because of this offence everything auspicious will be vanquished for me therefore i see that i will get nothing auspicious by staying here kindly give me orders allowing me to return to vrindavan after the rathyatra festival i have consulted jagadananda pandit for his opinion <coughs> and he has also advised me to return to vrindavan hearing this sri chaitanya mahaprabhu in an angry mood began to chastise jagadananda pandit jaga jaga is only a new boy but he has become so proud that he thinks himself competent to advise a person like you in affairs of spiritual advancement and even in ordinary dealings you are on the level of his spiritual master yet not knowing his own value he dares to advise you my dear sanatan you are on the level of my advisor for you are an authorized person but jaga wants to advise you this is but the impudence of a naughty boy when sri chaitanya mahaprabhu was thus chastising jagadananda pandit sanatan goswami fell at the lord's feet and said 
I can now understand the fortunate position of Jagadananda. You see how Sanadam Goswami, he immediately fell at the Lord's feet. I can now understand the fortunate position of Jagadananda. I can also understand my misfortune. No one in this world is as fortunate as Jagadananda. Sir, you are making Jagadananda drink the nectar of affectionate relationships by scolding him. You are making him drink you know, the nectar of affectionate relationships whereas by offering me honourable prayers, you are making me making me drink the bitter juice of Nimba and Nishanda, Nishinda. Nimba means, you know, the, you know, I think, um, lime. Lime? No. Nimba. Nim. Is it Nim? Nim. Nim fruit. So, it's very bitter. You know, by... See, he's... Usually, we like when we receive honourable prayers from somebody, somebody honours us. Oh, we feel very nice. It's a sweet, like nectar for us. And somebody chastises, it's like bitter medicine. But Sanatham Goswami is saying, opposite. You are chastising Jagadananda and giving him nectar of affectionate relationships. Whereas by offering me honourable prayers, you are making me drink the bitter juice of Nimba and Nishinda. It is my misfortune that you have not accepted me as one of your intimate relations. But you are the complete independent supreme personality of Godhead. Hearing this, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was somewhat ashamed. <laughs> Sanatham Goswami could speak in such a way that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became ashamed. Just to satisfy Sanatana Goswami, he spoke the following words. My dear Sanatana, please do not think that Jagadananda is more dear to me than you. However, I cannot tolerate transgressions of the standard etiquette. You are an experienced authority in the Shastras, whereas Jaga is just a young boy. You have the power to convince even me. See, Sanatana, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is saying, You have the power to convince even me. In many places, you have already convinced me about ordinary behavior and devotional service. Jaga's advising you is, not, is intolerable for me. Therefore, I am chastising him. I offer you praise not because I think of you as being an outside and intimate relationship with me, but because you are actually so qualified that one is forced to praise your qualities. One is forced to praise your qualities. One cannot, you know, (laughs) there is no other choice one has. You are so good, there is no fault. If somebody has to speak about you, they have no choice but to praise you because there is nothing but praiseworthy in you, praiseworthy qualities in you. So, Although one's affection for many persons, different types of ecstatic love awaken according to the nature of one's personal relationships. You consider your body dangerous and awful, but I think your body is like nectar. Actually, your body is transcendental, never material. You are thinking of it, however, in terms of material conception. Even if your body were material, I still could not neglect it, for the material body should be considered neither good nor bad. Um, Anything not conceived in relationship to Krishna should be understood to be illusion, maya. So, in this way, he, you know, he is... Advised Sanatana Goswami. Uh, <clears throat> and he said, In the material world, conceptions of good and bad are all mental speculations. Therefore, saying this is good and this is bad are all mistake. The humble sages see with equal vision a learned and gentle Brahmana, a cow, an elephant, a dog, and a dog eater. So one who is fully satisfied in knowledge and obtained practically in life, in knowledge obtained and practically applied in life, who is always determined and fixed in a spiritual position, who completely controls senses, who seals who sees pebbles, stones and gold on the same level is understood to be a perfect yogi. This is from, I think, Bhagavatam. Hmm. See, since I am in the renounced order, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is saying, my duty is to make no distinctions and be equipoised. My knowledge must be equally disposed toward sandal pulp and dirty mud. For this reason, I cannot reject you. If I hated you, I would deviate from my occupational duty. Haridas said, my dear Lord, what you have spoken deals with external formalities. I do not accept it. <laughs> Haridas Thakur did not accept this explanation. Because this is, there is more to it than this. You are hiding the real thing. You are just speaking out of, Oh, I am a sannyasi. I should not be discriminating against you, Sanatana Goswami. Therefore, I am not discriminating. No, there is more to it. 
then you know my lord we are all fallen but you have accepted us due to your attribute of being merciful to the fallen ah you are actually merciful chaitanya mahaprabhu this is well known all over the world lord chaitanya smiled and said listen haridas and sanatan now i am speaking the truth about how my mind is attached to you my dear haridas and sanatan i think of you as my little boys to be maintained by me actually in age haridas was much more older than chaitanya mahaprabhu but why sanatan chaitanya mahaprabhu said haridas you are like my little boy because chaitanya mahaprabhu is actually god himself haridas thakur was the age of advaita acharya no they were contemporaries hmm i was always i always think of myself as deserving no respect but because of affection i always consider you to be my little children okay here actually the maintainer never takes seriously false maintained when a child passes stool and urine that touch the body of the mother the mother never the child on the contrary she takes much pleasure in cleansing him the stool and urine of the maintained child appear like sandalwood to the mother similarly when the foul moisture oozing from the pores of sanatan touches my body i have no hatred for him haridas thakur said my dear sir you are the supreme personality of godhead and you and are most merciful toward us no one can understand what is within your deeply affectionate heart see you embrace the leper was vasudev whose body was in fully infected by worms you are so kind that in spite of his condition you embraced him by embracing him you made his body as beautiful as that of cupid we cannot understand the waves of your mercy then sri chaitanya mahaprabhu now what is this story of the leper vasudev we will go to that next after this <clears throat> you see by embracing him you made his body as beautiful as that of cupid we cannot understand the waves of your mercy sri chaitanya mahaprabhu said the body of a devotee is never material it is considered to be transcendental full of spiritual bliss you see that body of a devotee is never material drishtai swabhava janitair va pushascha doshair na prakritatvam iha bhakta janasya pashyet gangam bhasam na khalu budbud aphena pankair brahm dravatvam apagachhati niradharmai when the, at the time of initiation when a devotee fully surrenders under the service of the lord krishna accepts him to be as good as himself when a devotee's body is thus transformed into spiritual existence the devotee in that transcendental body renders service to the lotus feet of the lord so you see how he is explaining hmm. if i had hated sanatan goswami and had not embraced him i would certainly have been chastised for offenses to krishna so you see yeah. if we consider him material and then then that is an offense to devotee and offense to krishna vaishnava aparad he is teaching us how to deal now with a pure devotee who is in that condition sanatan goswami is one of the associates of krishna there could be no there could not be any bad odor from his body on the first day i embraced him i smelled the aroma of <coughs> chatushtama a mixture of sandalwood pulp camphor aguru and musk In fact however when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu embraced the body of Sanatan Goswami by the lord's touch alone there was manifested a fragrance exactly like that of sandalwood pulp by lord's touch actually the sandalwood smell came is from it was from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Chaitanya, Sanatan Goswami also got it but Sri Chaitanya you see how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is saying i felt his body just like sandalwood pulp Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu continued my dear sanatan do not be aggrieved for when i embrace you i actually get great pleasure stay with me at jagannath puri for one year and after that i shall send you to vrindavan after saying this sri sanatan chaitanya mahaprabhu again embraced sanatan goswami thus immediately sanatan sores disappeared and his entire body resembled the color of gold seeing the change haridas thakur greatly astonished told the lord ah this is your leela this is your pastime my dear lord you made sanatan goswami drink the water of see how he is now what happened 
he bathed in some bad water and he drank it and then you know he did not have enough food and then he got ill and then all these things happened this looks like you know hey, how come devotee you know pure devotee he's getting all this you know contamination and all this but it was all the lord's plan to perform this pastime haridas thakur is revealing it now my dear lord you made sanatan goswami drink the water of jharkhanda and you actually generated the consequent itching sores on his body after thus causing this itching sores you examined sanatan goswami no one can understand your transcendental pastimes after embracing both haridas thakur and sanatan goswami sri chaitanya mahaprabhu returned to his residence then haridas thakur and sanatan goswami in great ecstatic love began to describe the lord's transcendental attributes in this way so they were, you know in this way they discussed so you see how how the whole thing is so sweet so nice you see how beautiful this chaitanya charitamrita is how we learn so many intricacies in vaishnava dealings that's why it is very important for devotees so this is one now what about the leper vasudeva now that is the next one here in one village so chaitanya mahaprabhu was going down to south he was traveling in south india so then this this happened in one village there was a vedic brahmana named kurma he invited lord chaitanya mahaprabhu to his home with great respect and devotion brahmana brought lord chaitanya mahaprabhu to his home washed his lotus feet and his family members drank that water and with his family members drank that water with great affection and respect that kurma brahmana made sri chaitanya mahaprabhu eat all kinds of food after that the remnants were shared by all the members of the family so this is how a devotee should be treated of course here is chaitanya mahaprabhu himself mm. but you know this is how these were the actual way a, a sadhu used to be received at homes and the brahmana then prayed to lord prayed uh, began to pray oh my lord your lotus feet are meditated upon by lord brahma and these very lotus feet have come into my home my dear lord there is no limit to my great fortune i it cannot be described today my family birth and riches have all been glorified the brahmana begged lord chaitanya mahaprabhu my dear lord kindly show me favor and let me go with you because the chaitanya mahaprabhu wanted to travel further south and then he said you know let me go with you i can no longer tolerate the waves of misery caused by materialistic life this is this family life is all very miserable i want to go with you you know please allow me to come then chaitanya mahaprabhu replied don't speak like that again better to remain at home and chant the holy names of holy name of krishna always you see he said no no stay here stay here because he did not want him to leave his family and also for another reason see then he said this is actually the famous verse jare dekha tare ka krishna upadesh amar agya guru haya tare desh he said instruct everyone to follow the orders of lord sri krishna as they are given in the bhagavad gita and shrimad bhagavatam no need to come with me you stay here and preach about krishna in this way become a spiritual master and try to liberate everyone in this land sri chaitanya mahaprabhu further advised the brahmana kurma if you follow this instruction if you follow this instruction your materialistic life at home will not obstruct your spiritual advancement indeed if you follow these regulative principles we will again meet here or rather you will never lose my company uh, so in other words he is saying you follow my order is as good as you being with me personally vani and vapu in the instruction and the body of the spiritual master by serving the instruction of the spiritual master is as good as being living with him personally so now at whosoever sri chaitanya mahap at whosoever house sri chaitanya accepted his arms by taking prasadam he would convert the dwellers of uh, con- convert the dwellers to his sankirtan movement and advise them just as he advised the brahmana named kurma he did this in not only the kurma's brahmana's house but everywhere wherever he went while on his tour 
Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would spend the night at a temple by the road. Whenever he accepted food from a person, he would give him the same advice he gave the Brahmana named Kurma. He adopted this process until he returned to Jagannath Puri from his South India tour. So now, when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, thus Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would remain at night in one place and the next morning after bathing he would start again. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu left, the Brahmana Kurma followed him a great distance. See, even though, but still he wanted to go, Kurma Brahmana wanted to go with him. But eventually Lord Chaitanya took care to send him back home. There was also a Brahmana named Vasudev. This is the story. Who was a great person, great person, but was suffering from leprosy. Indeed, his body was filled with living worms. His body was filled with living worms. Although suffering from leprosy, the Brahmana Vasudev was enlightened. As soon as one worm fell from his body, he would pick it up and place it back again in the same location. That kind of... Who will do that? As soon as one worm fell from his body, he would pick it up and place it back again in the same location. Then one night, Vasudev heard of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's arrival. And in the morning, he came to see the Lord at the house of Kurma. So, this Vasudev, he knew this Kurma, Brahmana. He, he came to know that Vasudev came to know that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is coming. So, in the morning, he came to see the Lord at the house of Kurma. When the leper Vasudev came to Kurma's house to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he was informed that the Lord had already left. The leper then fell to the ground unconscious. He became unconscious. Oh, the Lord left. It completely is like his life lost. When Vasudev, the leper Brahmana, was lamenting due to not being able to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Lord immediately returned to that spot and embraced him. See, he was just thinking, oh, I could, I, I missed Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And that time Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came. See, came back and embraced him. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu touched him, both the leprosy and his distress went to a distant place. Indeed, Vasudev's body became very beautiful to his great happiness. The Brahmana Vasudev was astonished to behold the wonderful mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he began to recite a verse from Srimad Bhagavatam touching the Lord's lotus feet. He said, this is actually from the Sudama Vipra, Kwaham Daridra Papiyan, what is that? Kwa, uh, what? Ka, Katvam, uh, Kwa Krishna Sriniketana. So, Kwaham Daridra Papiyan, Kwa, Kwa Krishna Sriniketana. Brahma Bandhur Itismaham Bahubhyam Pariram Bhitaha. What is that? He said, Who am I? A sinful poor friend of a Brahmana. And who is Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, full in six opulences? Nonetheless, he has embraced me with his two arms. The Brahmana Vasudev continued, Oh, my merciful Lord, such mercy is not possible for ordinary living entities. Such mercy can be found only in you. Upon seeing me, even a sinful person goes away due to my bad bodily odor. Huh? Even a sinful person goes away due to my bad bodily odor. Yet you have touched me. Such is the independent behavior of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Being meek and humble, the Brahmana Vasudev worried that he would... Uh, you see, again now. Being meek and humble, the Brahmana Vasudev worried that he would soon... He would become proud after being cured by the grace of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Now he is worried. Why worried? Why, should be, why, why he should be worried? His leprosy is gone now. But now he is worried. That he would even become proud. Oh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saved me. See how great I am. Uh, so he was worried that this pride may come. To protect the Brahmana, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu advised him to chant the Hare Krishna mantra incessantly. By doing so, he would never become unnecessarily proud. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also advised Vasudev to preach about Krishna and thus liberate living entities. As a result, Krishna would soon, very soon accept him as his devotee. After instructing, instructing the Brahmana Vasudev in that way, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu disappeared from that place. 
Then the two Brahmanas, Kurma and Vasudeva, embraced each other and began to cry, remembering the transcendental qualities of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, this is the story of the leper, which Sanatana Goswami referred to in when he was embracing, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was embracing him. So, this is another instance where the body of the devotee is not considered material. Now, the last one. Okay? This is actually from uh, Ramayana, I mean, from the pastimes of Ramachandra. This is assembly of cobblers. This is a very, very short incident, but it is a very nice uh, instructive incident. This is by Ashtavakra Rishi. This Ashtavakra Muni, he was not exactly a devotee. He was an impersonalist, but he was rather self-realized. Now, this is assembly of cobblers. In fact, Vishwambar Prabhu, if we, this was an article in our magazine, one of the issues. Vishwambar Prabhu was the one who contributed this. And here it is stated. A long time ago, there lived a powerful sage named Ashtavakra Rishi. The sage was curved in eight parts of his body and when he walked, his movements were quite peculiar and awkward. Ashtavakra means, Ashta means eight, Vakra means, you know, uh, deformities. So, his body was curved in eight parts. So, he had this polio. So, because of that, when he walked, it was very awkward to look at him walk. It was quite peculiar and awkward. Although he was a young man, he was very ugly and people often laughed at the sight of him. Although externally he was awkward and crooked, internally his heart was pure and he had realized his eternal transcendental identity. He knew and realized the difference between the body and soul. Once, Ashtavakra Rishi was invited by the great king Maharaj Janak, father of Sita Devi, to attend an assembly of saintly persons. So, Janak Maharaj, he organized the assembly of saintly persons. As he entered the assembly, everyone present began to laugh at him. Hearing them, Ashtavakra Rishi also began to laugh. <laughs> the members of the assembly were surprised and said to each other, eh, We are laughing at him, but he is laughing even more, more loudly than us. Why is this? Because, <laughs> what is then he began to laugh. What, what is this? He is laughing at us. And then, you know, then, Janak Maharaj rose from his throne and asked Ashtavakra Rishi, Why are you laughing so loudly? The sage replied, I thought I was coming to join an assembly of saints and sages, but instead I have stumbled into an assembly of cobblers, a convention of cobblers. Why? A cobbler's interest is in the leather and skin. And I see that all of you are just looking at my skin. Your interest is in seeing if someone is beautiful or ugly, healthy or disabled, young or old. Your minds are absorbed in these temporary things. You are not seeing my soul as saintly persons would. Therefore, this is not an assembly of saints, this is an assembly of cobblers. It is simply illusion to place importance on the external temporary body while being oblivious to the eternal soul dwelling within. Janak Maharaja's heart was deeply penetrated by Ashtavakra's, Ashtavakra Rishi's words. He realized that the sage was a liberated soul and fit to sit on the throne. He very lovingly placed him on his own throne, bowed down to him and accepted him as his instructing spiritual master. Another incident is Vyasadev. You know, Vyasadev, extremely ugly to look at. He wrote all the Vedas, extremely ugly to look at. That's why Dhritarashtra was blind. You know what happened in the story? Vichitravirya's two wives, Ambika and Ambalika. Vichitravirya died out of tuberculosis, young. And he did not have any son. So, who would uh, sit on the throne? Bhishma Dev already said that I will not sit on the throne, nor will I marry. So, he did not have any sons, he did not sit on the throne. Nobody to sit on the throne now. Then uh, Satyavati, she uh, had uh, her son from Parashar Muni. 
before her marriage so um he she she begot vyasadev and vyasadev was very ugly to look at and she asked him you please beget children in the wives of vichitravirya so this is a system that is that was allowed before kaliyuga in kaliyuga this is not allowed devarena sutotpattim that means if a man cannot produce children with his wife then his devar his 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 brother can uh, um i mean um, impregnate the brother's wife so and but the son would be that person's son the actual father's not i mean not the biological father the 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 wedded husband of the woman so that was a system that was allowed before in kaliyuga this is not allowed because people will go into illicit relationships but in that time vyasadev was uh, requested by his mother because vyasadev being the son of satyavati and vichitravirya also was son of satyavati so in in he was a half brother for of, of vichitravirya so he said please uh, she said the mother herself asked you please beget children in their wombs then he said all right then um, so ambika so first was chance was ambika so ambika when vyasadev entered the bedroom she saw him so ugly then she just mm, she could not bear to see him and uh, but she had to you know agree to have a son from him so she closed her, her eyes and she had a relationship with him so while while having relationship with him she closed she was her eyes were closed and because of that her son was blind dhritarashtra he then um, after the um, copulation happened after the um, relationship happened so then vyasadev said your son will be very strong very sane i mean qualified in many respects but he will be blind and then he went to Am- uh, ambalika's quarters she saw him and she became pale out of fear while by looking at him because he was so i mean so ugly that she 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 turned pale by just looking at him and like that she had um sex with him and vyasadev said your son will be pale like you know the pandu was actually pale he was like you know um, what is that skin uh, what is it called they are born without pigmentation uh, they are all white you know like pale so pandu was like that hmm. so because his his, uh, his wife i mean uh, his mother became pale while having a uh, relation with vyasadev so in, so actually they offended vyasadev in that way but then the mother i mean the the mother in law of these two ladies the vichitravirya's mother vyasadev's mother she was very disappointed that this was the result she wanted something good to happen from this arrangement but then now one blind and one pale um what to do then she said okay at least um um have one more with the maid of ambalika so ambalika had one more maid queen had many maid servants always so one of the maid she was very very faithful and very very humble and meek so vyasadev agreed all right so he had a um, relation with her also uh then but she was very devoted very nicely she she, she served him and she did not look at the faults of the bodily you know features and anything she just nicely served him she did not look overlooked all those 
so-called imperfections. She knew Vyasadeva was a great sage and she did not at all consider these faults. Then, and, and then when she had like that, then from the, her womb, Vidura came. And he was a uh, very, very, of course he was Yamaraj's incarnation, very great devotee. And uh, in fact, Yudhishthir Maharaj himself took instructions from Vidura. So, but of course, because he was not born of a queen, he was not a king. He could not be king. But he was a very great advisor to both Pandu and uh, even the Pandavas and also Dhritarashtra himself. So, these are the examples that are there in history. There are many other examples, but uh, <laughs> we can never finish the class otherwise. So, it's already quite late. Um, any questions? So these are some of the... Actually, there is a nice shloka by Chanakya, Chanakya Pandit in the Niti Shastra, 3rd chapter, 9th verse. Um, Kokilanam swaro rupam, nari rupam pativratam, vidya rupam kurupanam, uh, kshama rupam tapasvinam. He said that kokilanam swaro rupam, kokila, uh, cuckoo, she, actually that bird looks like, like a crow only, it doesn't look anything beautiful, it looks ugly. But swaro rupam, its voice is so beautiful. So, because of that voice, people overlook the beauty of the, the, the bodily beauty. Oh, they like the voice. They revel the cuckoo. Oh, cuckoo is a very nice bird. But actually, it doesn't look nice. But swaro rupam. And nari rupam pativratam. The real beauty of a woman is pativratam. Chastity to her husband. That is the real beauty. Not like bodily beauty. No. Real beauty of a woman is when she is actually chaste to the husband. That is real beauty. Vidyarupam kurupanam. Kurupanam means uh, one who has a uh, not a good bodily complexion or ugly or you know anything bodily wise, but his beauty is his knowledge. If he is knowledgeable, uh, that will completely uh, override his so-called bodily condition. And kshamarupam um, tapasvinam, those who are very austere, you know tapasvis. Their real beauty is kshama. They can easily forgive. You know, although they are very this thing, but they can easily forgive the faults of others. So these are the beauties, different kinds of beauties that Chanakya Pandit has mentioned. So vidyarupam kurupanam. Uh, the the knowledge of the person should be considered. The devotion of the person should be considered, not the the external bodily features. With that, we will. So it was a long session. I hope uh, it brought some um, many important points. Uh, verses about bubbles being impure for using. So, by Vrajakishwar Prabhu, uh, in the sixth, sixth canto of Bhagavatam, 13th chapter, 5th verse, King Indra replied, When I killed Vishwarupa, I received extensive uh, sinful reactions. But I was favored by the women, land, trees and water and therefore I, I was able to divide the sin among them. But now if I kill Vritasura, another Brahmana, how shall I free myself from the sinful reactions? Hmm. So anyway, so that is one. So there is more. So following verses, Srimad Bhagavatam, 6th canto, 9th chapter, 7th to 10th verses. In return for King Indra's benediction that ditches in the earth would be filled automatically, the land accepted one-fourth of the sinful reactions for killing a Brahmana. Because of those sinful reactions, we find many deserts on the surface of the earth. You see, the deserts are because of 
the sin of killing Brahmana. In return for Indra's benediction that the branches and twigs would grow back when trimmed, the trees accepted one fourth ah, sap. Uh, the, the sap, yes. The trees accepted one fourth of the reactions by of for killing a Brahmana. These reactions are visible in the flow, flowing of sap from trees. Therefore, one is forbidden to drink the sap. In return for Lord Indra's benediction that they would be able to enjoy lusty desires continuously even during pregnancy for as long as sex is not injurious to the embryo, women accepted one-fourth of the sinful reactions. As a result of those reactions, women manifest the signs of menstruation every month. And in return for King Indra's benediction that water would increase the volume of other substances with which it was mixed, water accepted one-fourth of the sinful reactions. Therefore, when... Therefore, there are bubbles and foam in water. When one collects water, these should be avoided. You see, so these things are there. Uh, verse about devotees purifying holy places. 996. Bhagirat said, Yes, this is the place actually it was there. 996. Those who are saintly, so Kanto 9, chapter 9, text 6. Those who are saintly because of devotional service and are therefore in the renounced order, free from material desires, and who are Pure devotees, expert in following the regulative principles mentioned in the Vedas, are always glorious and pure in behavior and are able to deliver all fallen souls. When such pure devotees bathe in your water, this is speaking to Ganga, the sinful reactions accumulated from other people will certainly be counteracted, for such devotees always keep in the cause of their core of their hearts the supreme personality of Godhead who can vanquish all sinful reactions. See? So when the devotees take bath in Ganga, they will accept all the sinful reaction and they can absorb it because they are always thinking of the Lord and the Lord is what is that? Saparyaga chukram akayam avranam asna viram shuddham apapa vidham so that is from the Ishopanishad 8th verse apapa vidham means no sin can touch him when a sin when, when there is a urine uh, urine is considered you know uh, infectious if some, somebody touches urine if, if I touch urine oh, I will get con- con- infected but if the sun evaporate will evaporate urine the sun will not, is not contaminated, although it will take up all the urine. So similarly, a pure devotee, when he goes, you know, when the, he takes away all the sins of the, the sinful people in the Ganga river, and that is absorbed by the Lord, because the Lord is, it doesn't touch him, everything is nullified in that way. So the Ganga river again becomes free of sinful, uh, load of sinful reactions. Uh-huh. Verse about the flapping of Garuda's wings. So, this is in the Srimad Bhagavatam 4th Kanto, 30th chapter, verse 6. So, I thank all of the devotees for bringing out all these references because otherwise it would have taken a long time for me to find. Kanto 4, chapter 30, verse 6. The Lord's face was very beautiful and his head was decorated with a shining helmet and golden ornaments. The helmet was dazzling and was very beautifully situated on his head. The Lord had eight arms which each held a particular weapon. The Lord was surrounded by demigods, great sages and other associates. These were all engaged in his service. Garuda, the carrier, carrier of the Lord, glorified the Lord with Vedic hymns by flapping his wings. Garuda appeared to be an inhabitant of the planet known as Kinnaraloka. So question, if Yasudev is the incarnation of Krishna, why was he so ugly? So if Krishna wants, he can manifest like that. It's all Krishna's, you know. If he wants to be ugly, nobody can be more ugly than him. He can, he can, he can, you know, everything is supreme. He can, he can, if he is angry, nobody can be more angry than him. But, you know, in that way, he can manifest in any way. If he is animal, you know, pig, varaha, pig, tortoise, matsya, fish, 
if you can take birth even in the you know subhuman species what is the what is the difficulty for the lord so the lord can do anything just like the lord is navayovanam always young but advaita acharya in the advaita acharya is old how can all lord be old that is his pastime if the lord wants he can do he is always navayovanam but he can manifest in any way so no more questions i think everybody was hearing the stories or they slept or something how many people are on let's see 33 is long <laughs> all right thank you very much shri upadeshamrita ki jai shri rupa goswami ki jai shri prabhupad ki jai nitai gaur premanande hari hari bol hare krishna